Here we go in five, four, three, two, one. Boom! Ladies and gentlemen, Joe Schilling and Daniel Strauss in the fucking house. What up? Joe Schilling's just fucking up my kick machine out there, man. That thing ain't reading right, dude. I mean, I hope not. It really hurt my ego out there. You were lighting that fucker on fire. That thing is not re- We got to get that recalibrated. Joe's in, here com- <laughs> Joe's in here complaining about a sciatic pain in his hip and still outkicked me. I'm like, what is going on out here? I'm all sweaty. Forget about sciatic pain, Daniel Strauss. You've gone through some fucking pain, dude. For you sure. are defying science and doctors. and <laughs> that. To. They were telling you it was over. Yeah, it was, tell everybody um, the whole story. Put this, I, bring this sucker up here. All right, how the story goes, uh, I was out one night. Buddy of mine was having trouble. Needed somebody to go out with him, so I uh, was around the city that night. And um, after taking him home, we were leaving the highway. As it split off, I was coming around. Was you on caught, a bike? Yeah, I was on a bike. So and I had a passenger. So what was called eight twenty six is the highway. As it splits off to 95, I was going around 826. <clears throat> now, here's the tricky part. Don't really remember what's going on from there. Right. So the what me and the passenger remember, we were hit from either the side or from the back. Um, but coming around the bend, boom, coming around, got pushed into the wall. I wake up under the uh, guardrail, can't move. You know, uh, nobody else is there. The car's gone. There was not really a witness there until like later pulling up behind us. So yeah, it fucked me up for a while. I mean, fucked me up right now, but you know, uh, getting back to just what it is, the body's healing and. So what was the extent of your injuries? All right, so uh, I had um, in my C4, five and six, uh, I had contusions on my spinal cord and half of my, on the left side of my spinal cord, it was, uh, pressure so bad that it like shut down my whole nervous system, like all my body. So uh, in my, in my up in my neck and then my middle of my back was just compressed, a lot of the swelling, and that's what uh, caused a lot of the you know not being able to walk, not being able to feel the nervous problems, nervous system that I have, or the nervous uh, issues that I had. So, what did they do to fix it? I've been rehabbing. Uh, they wanted to do surgery right away, but how many months ago was this? This was about? in December. This December. was December seventeenth. So um, they wanted to do re- uh, they wanted to do uh, surgery immediately. You know, and I'm trying to tell them like, no, I'm I'm trying to fight again. Blah blah blah. You what know? kind of surgery? Fusing? Uh, that's what they wanted to do. They wanted to go in, take the I think the th- I want to say the three to the five or four to the six or something fuse that all together which obviously there's no rain that's and it's a big spot so uh wasn't trying to have that looked uh for we looked for you know a couple rehab places and eventually got hooked up with a place called uh neural fit 360 so i've been rehabbing there since the accident and i mean it's where's that where's neural fit 360 pembroke pines florida close to miami uh great crew um, but yeah, they've been getting me back in the game. I've been uh, I was doing that extensively uh, every day, for like two days a week, two hour or a couple hours a day, you know, two two three times a day. What kind of shit did they do for your neck? Uh, for more for me, first we had to start with um, you know just um, the fine motor stuff, touching, feeling. You know, I had problems where yeah. my sensitivities. So like you wake up under the guardrail. You guys don't remember what happened. When you wake up in the hospital, 
what they tell you before they got to all this stuff? They were like, could oh. you walk? Could you feel? Could you, like, how were you when you woke up? Come For on. me, um, when I woke up, boom. Yeah, so back to the story. When I woke up, <laughs> when I woke up. Just trying uh, to help. <laughs> <laughs> so I woke up and, uh, you know, I had my helmet on, but I couldn't move my legs. Um, my passenger had one over top. She had uh, hurt her hands, so she wasn't, like, extremely. But she had one out, too, so I couldn't really feel nothing, couldn't see nothing. I was just telling them to get my helmet off, get my helmet off. <clears throat> Finally, a truck had pulled up, and uh, seeing that we were in an accident, and they what they shouldn't, shouldn't do, but pulled me out. And, uh, yeah, because yeah. I was, you know, I'm You're not yelling, supposed to touch anybody. That's... Uh, like, hey, get me out of here, get me out of here. Right. So, you know, I was freaking out. They pulled me out from under it, and, uh, you know, Going to the hospital, that whole, the scary part was, was knowing nothing was broke, but not being able to feel nothing. Trying right. to wipe my face or trying to grab something. and You just couldn't move your in arm my, at Yeah, all? in my head, in my head, I move my leg, I move my arm, nothing's going on, you know what I'm saying? So you're thinking oh, you're paralyzed. I'm gone. It's a wrap. Like Paul Williams. Yeah. I'm right. just like, ah, right. fuck. So I get to the uh, hospital, finally, um, you know, they're trying to work on me. And uh, seeing the doctors, he's telling me, well, you know, because of my neck, it's unlikely that I'll be, you know, walking anytime soon. You know, a couple of days, a couple of weeks go after that, you know, just banging out. I'm, and in the meantime, I'm trying to explain to him, I'm an athlete. I know you see this. I've been through this, you know, type of incident before. You know, I grew up wrestling. I'm from Cincinnati, grew up wrestling. So I've had neck problems for, fuck, my whole life. You know what I mean? And uh, so I'm trying to explain to him, like, uh, you know, chill out. Just give me some time. Let me let me work something out. I don't want to do the surgery right now. I really want to. They wanted you to do it in the hospital right, then, right after the right accident. Right then and there. There's no, other, you know, there's no other choice. You're never going to walk again. Do you want to go back it. to them right now and go, hey, motherfucker, look, look who's walking around? You already know. You know what I mean? And it's been like that majority of times in my career where I've done something, something's happened. Oh, you're not going to be able to do this. You got me fucked up. Bro, he was hitting pads with me at the gym yesterday. The guy's been <laughs> sparring. This happened in fucking December. December. It's insane. So, it's just insane. Well, it, it just makes me sick that they always want to cut you immediately when it comes to exactly. those things. Any yeah. any kind of bulging disc issue, they want to get in right. there. Yeah. And, it, and it, it's hurtful to us because, you know, I understand they got a job to do, but do your job right. You know what I mean? Like They have one us, method. Yeah. yeah you know, the one method is surgery. Cut it. Cut it. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, like I said, I was uh, rehabbing at Neurofit 360, which is a which is a great uh, physical therapy place down there in Pembroke Pines, and uh, you know I've been getting back with, uh, you know they had me strengthening my neck with just small exercises. Like I said, I started with fine motor stuff. Well, I had to work on a lot of balance stuff. You know. Um, you ever fuck with that iron neck thing? You ever use that thing yet? No, have not used. I got that. one out here. Try it. if you want to mess I around will. with it. Anything it's fantastic. That, yeah, I the thing's fantastic. It. So, uh, you are six months out now. Six months out. Uh, when did you start walking again? It took me, uh, like, even now, I'm still, like, trying to get the form right, but uh, it took me about three months. Because so you, had to, like, relearn how to yeah, tie your I shoe, to, right? Yeah. Relearn how to tie your shoe. Yeah, my hand, my motor, like, my hand wasn't moving as right. It wasn't working as good. Um it's just everything slowed down for me because of, of my spinal cord. So, wow. You know, 
that is the most for me was the scariest part because I was everything so unsure. You know what I mean. Now, with the most recent MRI, when did you get a? Have you gotten one? Uh, got one about a month and a half ago. And what Everything's they say? Things look good. It looks good. Every, all the swellings went down. Um, the left side is clear. Uh, the only way I can explain it, there's two, there's two, two lines, white lines, and it gets blocked. You know what I'm saying? That's where the fluid's coming down. My left side of my, on the fluid was being blocked. So now I'm having a clear line of fluid going down my uh, spinal cord. So now it's just about healing. Yeah, which, you know, I've <clears> been working, that, and that's the the part to get overcome. You know, the healing part, the the neurological part, and the nerves, and all that part that goes with it. It's the body that can only. There's not too much that I you know, can do to, to, to heal this other than, you know, eating right, all the simple shit, but it's the body that's healing. But it's crazy that you're sparring. Yeah, I do a lot of things I shouldn't do. <laughs> now you're sparring with friends, so you know that everything's going to be cool? I mean, good training partners. I was, right. I, I was sparring uh, down at Henry Hoof's, um, Okay. H Kickboxing was training down there. Um, so, you know, I live in Fort Lauderdale, so, you know, that's, you know, working out with those guys, you know, no one's out there to hurt me or right, right. try to get me hurt or injured. Everyone's had a lot of respect. And They're happy you're back. Me, yeah, love seeing me back. So I've never been in a situation where I'm trying to go super hard. Not yet, but I love right. to. Anybody wants to, <laughs> you can get it. <laughs> Let me know. We can get it. So, so are you, when you're hitting the bag or hitting pads, you feel like you have full strength? Or? Um, no, you no. know, and that's the thing that I'm, that I'm excited about. I'm a broken toy that is dying to be fixed, you know what I mean? Because I'm a brand new, you know, I could be fixed in any way. Like, I'm relearning everything. I'm not, you know, it's not like I can't box. It's not like I can't wrestle. But it's now just relearning the, you know. The mechanics of the it. Mechanics. Your brain knows yeah. how to do yeah, it. Exactly. But your body's got to relearn it. Exactly. Wow. And it's so. like the nerve, the nerve stuff is on the the right side of your body right and right it's like the so, muscle memory coming back even yesterday i was holding pads from like his jab was a little weak and like his his uh lifting of his foot or whatever the thing we were trying to do but once as we were doing it once he felt the right way to do it then he could repeat it you know what i mean yeah and, uh, i think that's a lot yeah, so that's lots to do it and it's big for me man i really want to be back in in the cage by the end of this year Really? You know what I mean? I, I want to be fighting about it this year, and it's not impossible. Well, you, you know? got a great attitude, man. This yeah. idea that you love it, that you're a broken toy, and you're going to rebuild it and fix it, and it's For exciting. Sure. For sure. What gives you an, an, an opportunity to kind of start again? I mean, that's been my whole life. <laughs> my whole life. So I'm just there again at this point in my career, and unfortunately this had to happen for me to turn the corner and get focused in another way, but, you know, it's just what it has to be. But it's so exciting that you have this attitude. That's the that's the cool thing about it. It's like Thank you're not woe is me. You're like, hey, I'm gonna rebuild. Thank I'm gonna get right back in there. Yeah, man. I mean, you must be so excited that you could just do everything again. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, first was finding out what worked. Had to make sure the dick worked first. <laughs> yeah. And it was like, all right, we cool. Walking comes next. I, I'll continue yeah. living. Walking yeah, comes yeah, next. I'm Walking still comes right. I could always still fuck off my back. Right. <laughs> shit, right. So, you know, yeah, just making sure I could do shit. Yeah. You know, live and, you know, the first, you know, first couple months was just brutal. You know, not being able to wipe my ass. Right. Not being able to eat. And this, able, did it slowly start to come back where you did. got, like, some motion? It did. Yeah. Well, and I've had um, a lot of, uh, I think it's stenosis, I think they Spinal call it. Spinal stenosis, yeah, and from my, wrestling? For, for, for years, you right. know what I mean? So, of course. Um, 
Do you do any decompression? I do a little bit here and there. Yeah. Whenever I can get to the uh, chiropractors, I'm doing some or, you know, it's like I said, it's been bad for years. So have you seen a, that thing? That you hook up to your neck and you, you hang yeah. from a doorway. Yeah, and you just I don't like, like those. Stretch though. it. Yeah, no, I don't like those. I did that same thing with a, a rolled up towel or whatever, hanging from the doorway. Mm-hmm. And it helps mine tremendously. Yeah. But I get mine. I'm sure from fighting, but then also like. I'll lay on my back at night and watch hey, your phone. On my phone and like, <laughs> for like two weeks, my that neck will be all terrible fucked up. for you. I know. Isn't I it know. crazy? Oh, You're a no. professional fighter. You fuck up your back watching YouTube yeah, videos. For sure. <laughs> right. For sure. But everyone's doing it, man. That's all we do. Is just, I know. The whole world, is, the whole world fucking, is doing yeah, this. this. I mean, shit. people's necks are changing. Oh, yeah, it's terrible. If it wasn't for like, you know, being the awareness that I have now for like my neck and neck injuries, just seeing a lot of things, I'm like, trying to posture up and just seeing the shit because I'm just, I'm always like this. Next, right. always hurting, always hurting. So, you know, it's been one thing after another for years, and that's actually leading into this, you know, this accident with, uh, or this injury, you know. Um, Try to keep his mic closer like this. Mm, yeah, my bad. No I'm mobile too, y'all. So. Um, are you, how old are you now, Daniel? I am. 33. I'll be 34. <laughs> I'm at that age where you forget how old you are. Yeah. So uh, I'll be 34 in uh, July. Well, you're you're healthy and, you know, the ability to recuperate from something that's that devastating that quickly shows what good a shape you're in. That must have a big impact yeah. on, on, on your rehab process, yeah, right? It does. It does. I mean, a regular person that has that kind of injury probably is not going to bounce no, back like that. Not, not as quickly. I mean, being, like I said, being an athlete has helped me tremendously i mean with my neck being obviously as strong as it was the you know the damage would have been been worse but uh being able to bounce back was been you know being young being able to i put my body through so much that this is yeah compared to what you know it's been through so yeah being young has definitely helped me and i'm trying to keep that 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 time away but you know so how will you know when you can get back in there? Are you wrestling yet? Yeah, I'm wrestling, doing everything. You're wrestling? Um, wrestling. Full I've, clip? I've wrestled, yeah. Wow. Um, You're not nervous about getting your neck yanked on? Yeah, I was nervous before, you know right. what I mean? But now I'm just getting confident with getting my neck strong, making sure I don't do the stupid moves that I've been doing to cause the injuries. So mm-hmm. um, my next step is just being clear, being seen by a doctor, a uh, neurologist, Yes, he can fight. Sign off. Let's get back to business. So, and how's Bellator treating all this? Great, man. I, I can't say anything negative about them because they've always done nothing but help me out in situations. Uh, you know, I've been with them for some time. You know, and uh, two times, yeah, world champion, two time world champ. If y'all motherfuckers didn't know, <laughs> you don't but, know uh, now you know. know. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they've always, they've always. They've always been fair to me. You know That's what I great. Mean? Obviously, you've always had problems here and there, but I've never really had any major you know, issues. I love Scott Coker. I, I do, too. He's a good know? dude. He's always yeah. been good to me. He's man. always been really good. I hear nothing but good things, too, about Bellator and how they treat yeah. people. Like Guys yeah. who have gone over there said it's a, it's just a, a huge relief. Yeah. They get treated with respect. Yeah. You know, like They're a little nervous about going over there. Right, right. You know, a lot of people always ask me, hey, what do you want? I'm like, yeah, this is home for me. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, Man, the all, all ideal for everybody would be Bellator gets to the same state as the UFC, right. the same level. That right. would be ideal. Yeah. I mean, that's, that would help the world. Like, 
if you see Gennady Golovkin fighting Canelo Alvarez, you don't give a fuck if it's Golden Boy versus Bob oh, right. Arum. Nobody gives a <laughs> shit. Right. Of course not. They want right. to see two world champions go after it. Right. That's that's what everybody wants yeah. to see. Ultimately, that's what I would like to see across the board. You know, I mean, I don't think it harms anybody. I think it helps everybody. Uh, yeah, competition is definitely good. It's better yeah. for everybody. Yeah. It's better for the athletes for sure. You know, and the the more money that gets thrown around, and the I mean, more promote. I mean, yeah. if if a superstar emerges from Bellator that's at the same level that Ronda was or Conor is or something like It'd that, would be amazing. That's great for everybody. Uh, for uh, everybody, and uh, you know, there's a possibility there too. I mean, Michael Venom Page is he's getting a lot of mainstream press. People are paying attention to him now because all the crazy shit he does in there. We need more of that. I thought he actually had retired from MMA. Because he that? boxed for yeah. a while? Yeah. I thought he like retired from MMA, boxed mm -hmm. or something, nothing. You know what, mm -hmm. man? A dude That's like great. that probably would retire and unretire just for the press. You know? Yeah, that just seems to, to be the yeah. thing. Yeah. That happens a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's going like, Speaking yeah. of retiring and unretiring, Joe Schilling back to MMA. Yeah. I know you competed in the High Rollers event this weekend, which, by the way, Eddie Bravo told me he was so high he thought he was going to jail. He, he told me, he goes, I was convinced I was going to jail. It was <laughs> because I was so paranoid. It was such a cool event. It really to explain was. Explain the, the event for people who don't know what the fuck we're talking about. Uh, so it was an event put on by uh, uh, Matt Stout and uh, Big Lawn on uh, my buddies, the Cold of High Rollers, and it's a cannabis-infused uh, jiu-jitsu tournament is what they called it. You know, <laughs> Dudes and, were uh, What are those two dudes that slapped each other and then they, they smoked a joint together yeah, and Yeah, they got like, heated or something between and then they stepped out with a joint. I mean, it was good. The, before every match, everybody <laughs> smoked. Uh, they kind of smoked together. And the whole event yeah. was a cannabis thing. There was no alcohol. The vibe was super chill. They played... Um, like uh, hip hop in the background. It was wow! Fuck, it was like kind of star-studded yeah. event. It was really fucking cool. It was, the be it was by far the coolest martial arts event I've ever been to. <laughs> it was dope. Shout out to that DJ man. He did like eight hours straight with playing the same song like only twice. Played it twice. Right. A motherfucker was dope. Really? That whole thing. DJ Bonnings. Was it? Yeah. Was it? Was DJ Bonnings. Yeah. It's a weird connection, marijuana with jujitsu, and it's always been there. And people that don't know, like people that don't smoke weed, I have to tell them that. Look at here's Jeff Glover and his opponent smoking weed with yeah, Eddie. Georgie <laughs> <laughs> it's hilarious, man. It is really, really fun that they're doing that, man. But I, I like it. I yeah, like it was it. a real cool event. It was real cool. Jujitsu and weed have always been connected. Right. For as long as I've been mm -hmm. doing jujitsu, people smoked pot in the parking lot and then went in and rolled. Right. right. That's, you know. They still do. I mean, that's yeah. mild. Kickboxing apparently is the same way. Cause is it? Yeah. That's how you practice. That's how you yeah. get focused. Yeah. Is it? I always found that I'm not good at learning when I'm high. Or maybe I get too high and I can't learn. Like, like someone will show me something and I'm not sure where to put my legs. Like, what do I do? Step over here? What do I put my right foot? What? Yeah, I find that a yeah. little bit. But when I'm rolling, if I'm rolling high, then it's just, you just get into that zone yeah. and you I flow. almost feel like it's like programming. Like if you, you know, like when they say like, uh, if you take a, if when you study for a test, you're sucking on peppermint, and the day of the test, you take pepper, you like suck on peppermint, you're supposed to help you remember. Have you heard oh, that before? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's kind of how it is with, uh, with martial arts for me anyway like i'm high as fuck and i'm kind of like just uh programming into my deep subconscious or whatever yeah you, do you think like, that's my thought maybe you think smoking all the time when you train and then smoking not smoking when you perform do you think that has a like a positive or negative effect uh i don't know i i don't really well well let me ask you this if, that was the first if time I've, bellator said we're not testing for weed you could fight high as fuck what would you do i'd smoke that day 
Ooh. I wouldn't smoke probably 10 minutes before. I got How? a lot of shit going on in my head. Like, <laughs> you know, this is cool. This is cool on, on the high rollers event, but like, yeah, you know, it's different. There's a lot for of money fight. on the line for right. a fight. Yeah. Well, it's also, you know, the consequences are a lot different. You know, zigging yeah. and zagging. Right. It's a lot different when yeah. kicks and punches are being thrown. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, remember when Nate D or Nick rather uh, fought Gomi? Nick fought Gomi. Well, I mean, I know Nick, and I, I, if you asked him that question, he'd be like, oh, I'd be smoking right there. Like, he would for sure smoke. Oh, smoke yeah. Like, for 100%. Sure yeah. yeah. I bet he would fight better. Probably. Yeah. I'm not a fan of it. You're not a fan of fighting high? No. No? No. I fought once high. I'm a, I'm what happened? Well, for once, uh, for one, I went through the crowd instead of the the walkway to the cage. <laughs> that's what I that's what I know I fucked up. <laughs> well how did you do, do it? Which way? Uh like you you're supposed to come out it was at shark fights. Okay. And uh you come out and then you go at a L shape and go straight to the cage. Right. Yeah, I always, came out. The ushers always fuck that yeah. shit up though. Yeah. That's, that's happened like every time. Yeah. You try to walk out the cage the wrong way. Yeah. Like, no, no, go the other way. way. So I came out just crowd sitting there and just Beeline straight to the crowd, excuse me, excuse me, stepping over That's people. That's hilarious. Got to the cage, like stepped over the fence, checked me out, got in there. I'm like, ah, man. I remember shark fights. No. That was uh, Bud Brutzman's thing, Yeah, right? some guy. Yeah. Some He's a buddy of mine. Bullshit. Yeah, he was one of the original guys that owned King of the Cage. Was it? Yeah, yeah, and then he got involved in shark fights. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody, what, did they have something to do with like shine fights as well? I don't know. So, Maybe. There's a few people yeah. involved. That was so, a good... It was a good card that I was on. It had uh, Georgie, Paul Daly, had uh, uh, Shokuju on it. Uh, fuck. It was a bunch of people on that. Hmm. So what was it like fighting high? Well, for me, at the time, that was my biggest event. And I was fighting uh, uh, Karen Darberidian. So it was the biggest name I had fought. To me, it was like, ah, fuck. You know what I mean? I just was kind of overwhelmed. I wasn't a jiu-jitsu. I didn't know much about jiu-jitsu. Actually, that whole fight was weird because on Monday, I separated my arm or separated my shoulder. Wednesday, they called me for the fight. Saturday, I fought. You so, separated. And you just thought, I, I guess I'll get high for this. Right. You know what I mean? When you like, said you separated your shoulder, like what? Like separation, like a separated shoulder. Like um, a torn muscle? Yeah. No, no, no. Um, yeah. Up in the, um, I don't know what the fuck you asked me for. Did it heal up? Yeah, well, we got it like bandaged up. Got it working, fought with it. You fought with a bandage on it? No, no, I didn't fight with it, bandage up. But the next two days, kind of held on it, iced it, worked on it as much as I can. Went out there, uh, I was in Texas, fought. And, uh, yeah, it was just, for me, it was weird, like I said. How'd the fight go? One, decision. uh, Like I said, first round, he uh, threw a bunch of, like, leg locks. Yeah, he's a serious, serious leg lock, dude. That's what I was saying, like, a high leg locks don't know what's going on I'm like ah, i just want to get out of here so, so yeah it was it was a bad thing for me it so one like, and done first yeah, fighting high one and done i was like yeah i'm cool in this have you ever fought high uh, i mean i'm sure i fought and spar high all the time yeah, uh, yeah i fought high <laughs> what's your feeling about that uh, i think it like uh well, for this jiu-jitsu tournament, you know, jiu-jitsu is not my strong suit, obviously. And so for me, that was my first jiu-jitsu tournament. And uh, we just put on the gi like about a month ago when Matt told me about the thing. He's like, oh, you should do it. Mickey Gall, I train with every day. And uh, him and Bamba and we like, all right, fuck it, we'll do it. So we start putting on the gi. And uh, 
Yeah, it was. Uh, I didn't want to make a fool of myself. So being high and having that like pressure, like not being completely comfortable, I think was different. But like mm. in a kickboxing fight, I could probably be drunk and still be pretty comfortable Dude. with what I'm doing. <laughs> you know? So it's me up next. <clears throat> yeah, there's a lot of people that think that, and I'm one of them that think that marijuana is a performance enhancing drug. I, def I definitely think so. so. Yeah, on a certain on certain levels. Yeah, on certain levels, I think yeah. it could fuck you up. But but it's if you get the dose right, I think it puts you in a zone. You know, a comfortable zone. Right, and I think that the, a lot of, I mean, for performance, like how what's going to increase your performance is not being super stressed out over bullshit the week right. of. Right. That's where I find the most benefit. Like right. when I would quit smoking weed for a couple of days before the fight, that was when it's like now is when I need it the most. Now is when I'm most stressed out. It's when I have the most anxiety. When I have yeah. when I'm the hungriest. I can't, you know, I was like, this yeah. sucks. You know, yeah. if I can just blaze and just relax. I think that helps. Hey, man, are you doing any cryotherapy or anything to reduce swelling? A little. Like I said, I was doing a little bit with uh, the um, the um, John Blank, the chiropractor that mm -hmm. I was going to, but I haven't done much of it. But that's one thing I really wanted to get into because of the swelling. Uh, a lot, like I said, a lot of it went down over the over the time, but body milk feels amazing after crowd yeah dude i'm a big fan and you're Love doing it. like super doses of uh cbd though too yeah a lot of cbd a lot of cbd a part of is that some of that in that bag you gave me yeah 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 check that out that's uh some flavor x stuff that uh flavor and there's a can't stop crazy shirt in there too yeah, there's a quite a few can't stop crazy shirts <laughs> yeah. i texted you this morning i'm like is he a medium or a large or an extra large no joe's fucking yoked i don't yeah, know he's what he's yeah, i'm jacked yeah. as fuck <laughs> fuck <laughs> I put larges in there. Perfect. Damn it. Perfect. 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 I'll shrink for you, Joe. What but are yeah, these, it's man? Uh, a company called Flav. It's a CBD company I've been working with. For oh, is it a time. CBD pen? Uh, yeah, that's uh, like medicated drops. Like it gives you like a certain dose every time you click it. Oh. oh. I've been using. Um, you ever heard of that company Jambo? Mm -hmm. They just sent me some CBD uh, rub-on. Holy shit. Does that work for you? Fuck yeah. 2,000 milligram CBD rub-on. Yeah. I told you the sciatic pain's been fucking with me over the last week or so. And uh, I rub it on my hip. Like, it's like my ass muscle, like right over, like mm -hmm. right here. That's where, it, like, it, it travels down. And I rub that shit on before I go to bed. I wake up. Because Flav like has these, uh, they have, like, medicated patches you can use. They have roll-ons that you could use. They have that salve stuff. How does this work? And uh, I just feel like I smoke so much weed with CBD in it all the time that it don't, it doesn't seem to work for me hmm. i don't notice it you know and then they have like these droppers i use that like crazy yeah maybe you just got too much of a tolerance well <laughs> i just think if you you know if you smoke weed constantly there's cbd and everything you, right. you know you're hitting both so like right. when when uh, my coach who's like 65 and never smokes weed and i give him put that shit on him he's like oh my god my elbow feels crazy yeah. Yeah. me i'm just like that. eh I'll get you some of that Jambo shit. It's better yeah. than anything I've ever used before. Yeah, it's, they have two versions. They have a thousand milligram and two thousand milligram. Mm -hmm. And I put that two thousand milligram on, them and it's got like uh, menthol in it, so you feel mm -hmm. it like but, in your skin, like ooh, yeah. it heats up. Only time I've really ever feeling that is like using it on my neck. Yeah, like using it on my neck, and I've used it on my hand too, where I've like the achiness doesn't the achiness goes away, but on my neck is where I felt it the most, like up in the pain. But I put uh, there's uh. CBD vaporizers in there. There's CBD bath bomb. We used that before on my yeah. buddy's fight. The day of the fight, we dropped it in the uh, in the hot tub. Yeah. <laughs> <This> <laughs> CBD bomb. There yeah. are some fucking monsters out there that are trying to make this illegal. It is crazy. Oh my god! Those pharmaceutical Fuck those assholes. Guys. Fuck those guys. It's so scary that someone would do that. Yeah. They would try to spend money to try to make this stuff illegal. And then while they're doing that, they legalize like the 
fucking GMO synthetic version, which is like actually killing exactly. people. Exactly. Like, seriously, fuck those people. <clears throat> or fentanyl. That shit's killing everybody. Um, that right. shit right. killed Prince. It killed David Bowie. It killed. Who the fuck else did it kill? It killed. It killed a bunch fuck of people him. this year. Yeah. Oh, Tom Petty killed Tom Petty too. Did he kill David Bowie or did he make that up? Something killed David Bowie. <laughs> Who knows? What's the ball? What's this? Oh, so that's a, it's a CBD bath bomb. Damn. You just drop that in, that's it. It's fucking oh, good. They're not fucking around, that's these shit. donors. That's shit's legit. Like, they, don't stop, they don't fuck that's around. That's the only time I really feel like a, a rub-on effect from CBD is like I'll soak in one of those. Just relax. Never did the bath bomb yet. It's good. I mean, yeah. And it's fun to watch. So you drop it in and it all dissolves real quick. Yeah. It's like, my ass. Damn, this is a lot of shit. Uh, I got a lot of shit here. Yeah, I brought you some stuff, Joe. Beautiful. Thank you got you. some good little, uh, you know, chew, chewies and edibles. CBD and stuff. candy. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Good stuff. Ooh. Right? Good stuff. Exciting. Liberex got it all. <laughs> <laughs> and well, this is awesome. I take this on my international flights, allegedly. The key file. Is, it uh, is it legal? Uh, I mean, it's illegal, but it's uh, when you put the, the vape pen into it, uh -huh. it looks like a car key. Oh. So you can fold it in. Nightclubs, wherever you want. Look at that. I'll just walk right in security. Oh, that's crazy. And, and I'm this pops in the bathroom. Up? Yeah. Oh, that so is. So you screw the, the, the caps on from. From the, this? Yeah. Give me that. You put it in there? Give me that thing. Damn. Give me that there, look Joe. at this. And these, look at these. This candy chew so jazz. Good. So my complaint about the candy mm. thing is if they're going to have like. Uh, um. that, those are CBD, but they have the THC ones too. Mm. If you're going to have. THC like super potent candy they shouldn't taste so fucking good because I'll eat the whole bag right you know what I mean like who's gonna eat just one that's very good True. that's watermelon I've said watermelon. I've like watermelon. Two or three bags at once yeah this is watermelon okay. belts it's like a belt <clears throat> super low key dude Tricky, that's right? the shit awesome. this is the shit look at this thing I love it and then I think it has like uh, there's three different settings of heat of how you I don't know I just burn it. These kids today. Oh, you gotta turn it on five times. Click it five times. One, time. two. No, that's that's that. One, two, three, four, five. There it goes. Boom. Nope. Give me that. Maybe shit. that's the heat up. <laughs> Get it working, Joe. You're fucking it up there, Joe. So you got it? You got, you got yeah, it. No, yeah, you got it going. Maybe it had to heat up. There it goes. There it goes. Burn it. That's good. How is uh, Bellator's drug testing policy? <clears throat> you know what? Standard, yeah. I think. You know, um, we don't have, like, the additional, you saw the random test, right. but I get tested before or after every fight. I've been tested most of my fights. I know that. Yeah. So, and I've had people talk shit like, oh, they don't test, like, well, I don't know what you're talking about. They test after fights, <clears throat> but obviously yeah. there's a big difference between that and, hey, it's four weeks out, wake up, 6.30 in sure. the morning, what have you been sure. up to, Daniel? Here, sure. pissing this cup. Look at that, it's terrible, it's crazy. <laughs> I mean, they, they have lost a lot of people off the roster in the UFC. The really crazy thing is the body's changing. Yeah. Like people you weren't sure, you know, you know, everybody passed the test when they were doing it on the way in day, but then you're looking at their bodies change, you're like, whoa. Who is this guy? Yeah. So many of them just shriveled up and they just look totally different. And their performances yeah. are different, their mindset's different. Or guys that were just unstoppable and they mm -hmm. saw they came and yeah. now it's like yeah. you're on like a six fight losing streak. Crazy. Drop, drop two weight classes, All can't right. get a win. Anybody who says the steroids doesn't work, it's, they're crazy. Stupid. Yeah. You're out of your I'm fucking mind. They're not taking it for fun. Right? <laughs> You know, they're not going all the way down to Tijuana and buying this shit because it's, it's fun. Something good to do. Something good yeah. to do on the weekend. 
So do you feel like you got a new lease on life? Um, I do, man. Right now I'm just grinding. Like I'm fully focused on getting back into the cage. Like, you know, having having what happened to me and being in a position that I'm in, I don't really have too many things to go back to. So, you know, having a new lease on life really isn't how I would say it is. It's just what it is. I'm just focused on, on the next step. You know what I mean? The next step in my career and the next step in, you know, the path and what I've been going through, you know, it's always just something for me. So, you know, I wouldn't say it's a new lease of life, but just a new chapter. But you must feel very fortunate that you, you can recover from this. I do. I do. Um, it's an amazing story. I mean, I, I love hearing shit like that. Thank you. Yeah, it's, uh, it just it sucks. You know what I mean? It sucks to be in this position, but I'm, I'm, I'm here. I'm talking to you, talking to this guy, you know, walking around. So I'm blessed more than anything, but this has just fired me up to just get shit going. You know what I mean? So yeah, you gotta feel pretty fucking unstoppable after that. You know, yeah. <laughs> go flying yeah, to the air, slam into a guardrail. champion before this shit, and you yeah. come back like, what's gonna stop you? Yeah, now? that's the goal. It's crazy. Get another belt. Get back. Get another belt. Show people I'm not. You know, I'm You're not, not done. Not done at all. Yeah. You know. So, uh, yeah, I'm even still riding. Like a, Are you really? Oh yeah, like you fucking jackass. savage. Oh yeah. Jesus Christ. Just hit 176 the other day. Dude, I'd be in a H1, the real one, a real Hummer. Yeah. I'd be in one of those bitches, and I'd ride in the middle of it. Right. I'd figure out a way to put the steering wheel yeah. in the middle. <laughs> I don't want to be on either side and strap me in with a race harness and put fucking airbags everywhere. I want this thing to be like a, an inflatable bath toy. Uh, but I'm an I'm an adrenaline junkie, so I love to do anything. You know, I shouldn't be riding, obviously, but uh, you know, I need something to steady my mind. So, like I said, training training's been going. Something I got back into riding. Something I got back into, and it's pushing me to like move forward with when, everything. How long was it before you rode again? Oh man, I probably started riding again. Maybe about a month and a half ago. What? About a month ago. What? About a month ago. Oh, a month ago. Okay, about not a month, month in. So five months after the injury. Yeah, probably about a month If ago. you did it a month after your injury, like, this nah, dude is yeah, fucking crazy. Yeah, he can yeah. barely walk. <laughs> <laughs> nah, that, that's some shit I would try, though. I mean, I would definitely try, but... What do you think makes you such an adrenaline junkie? I don't know. Even right before all my fights, like, it, it's just been that way. Like, I would always ride a lot before my fights because I had to release, you know, all the adrenaline or all the pent up like anxiety. You know, anxiety going yeah. on. And that's just how I've always been. You know, I've always wanted to see what was it like to kill yourself. You know, what was it like to not in that way, what but you know, I mean? <laughs> you know you know what I mean? You know what I mean? Like adrenaline wise, what was it right. like to do something fun, exciting and push the limit get on the edge you know what i mean that's, yeah that yeah. sounds very different than i didn't mean it like that <laughs> there's you know so many I mean? fighters that are like that i mean diego corrales he died in a motorcycle accident yeah, right yeah. paul williams you know he yeah. got fucked up there's, there's so many fighters that have gotten into motorcycles right. for that very reason but it's not just motorcycles i mean i've done i'm into all type of shit like know, what I else love, i mean diving i love diving water is one, one of my favorite things ocean is one of my favorite things to do you know i've never been in any situation where I'm about to die or anything but you know I want to do skydiving I want to do you know rock climbing I want to do all these things not me Joe Schilling's on my (laughs) page me and Joe are on the same page fuck all that I don't even like roller coasters (laughs) until you drag me on it the first time then I'm like we're going again until that point I'm like no fuck that do you ride bikes 
Uh, a little bit, but I don't like when I'm at the down at the ranch with Cowboy. I'll go riding with them, but they they make fun of me because I'll go like sixty. Once I get <laughs> hit like sixty, then it starts getting like oh, I don't know. I know this be cool. Cowboy, Cowboy will be like, example. Cowboy will be fucking going down the highway ninety with his hat off, like resizing his hat. You know, with no hands ninety down the highway. He's what? fucking nut. Yeah, or snapping pictures of us while he's riding. Oh Jesus, I don't want to yeah, hear this. No, he's in that for sure. I love that dude. I don't want yeah. him to get hurt. I don't want to hear that. Yeah. Fuck. Well, he's good at it, I guess. Oh, yeah, I'm sure yeah. he is. He's good at fighting, too, but <laughs> it's fucking dangerous. Just like you should dot your I's. For sure. Cross your T's. For sure. You're going 90 on the highway. Fuck that. Yeah, he's a perfect example of a, a legit adrenaline junkie. Oh, 100%. Yeah. 100%. 100%. I guess just some people once, I guess fighting is a big part of it. Like once you've experienced the highs of fighting, I guess the the lows of regular life are just too fucking boring. Is that what it is? Man, I imagine so that. Like. I feel like you would get. I would definitely. Man, I haven't thought about retiring, but when I stop fighting, I think that's what that'll really bother me. It's right, like you'll not need something. Having that, like, because I'm addicted to like, not the adrenaline side of it, but like the challenge, like the you can't do this, like me versus the world, like right. that. That really gets me going. I think if I didn't have that, when I'm old, I'd be pretty pissed off. You versus the world, like how so? Uh, like, or like even me versus like me, man versus man, like one-on-one, -on -one, like right. the, no other, it's just, you're the only one that you can, that you, uh, can count on in that scenario, I mm. guess. But like that, challenge. that personal challenge is what drives me and fuels me. And that's why I like, I, I think in, uh, my career, the, f the fights that I wasn't supposed to win were always the ones that I really showed up for because that, gen that, right. that hit me where it was. If I was supposed to win, everyone thought I was going to win for some, on some level I would not show up the same way very like common that. that's yeah. very common yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah a lot oh, yeah. of guys when when they think it's going to be an easy fight they can't get up they and don't it, they just have this weird and it's weird because like you don't you know your coaches won't let you not train the way like you train hard for the right. fight you right. know just but that, you're not little, that something about that thing in your head doesn't click or it doesn't yeah you don't go after the same way yeah. yeah it's like the thing that everybody hates the most about before a fight that discomfort and anxiety and just fuck why am i doing this fuck that is what is your friend when yeah. you're in there. Yeah. 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 It's the fights where guys. To an extent. Yeah. Or that's what fucking drowns you at the same time. You Could know? be, that's right? That's what people like fucking, their whole camp is perfect. And as soon as they walk out in front of that crowd, it's like their coach is like, who the fuck is this guy? What the yeah. fuck's going on? But don't you think that, sometimes. but that's always that kind of person. Like a guy like you doesn't have that. There's not, that's not a thing that you experience. You know, I mean. There's the t the type of people that crumble are usually like the guys who are just murderers in the gym, and then for whatever reason under the bright lights they falter, but they rarely rise. Like those guys rarely win the big fights that they're not supposed to win. That's not they're not the same psychological makeup. Mm -hmm. So like something about the challenge or the unknown to some people, it it just overwhelms them. Whereas other people, whatever their psychological makeup is, that challenge is what fires them up and gets them excited. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird, I think right? the consistency is the hard part and longevity for the fighters in general in their career. Like that, that's what so. makes Floyd Medweather so impressive to me is for him to be at the top of the game for so long and can make all the money and continue to be at the top of the game and still do that. You yeah. Know what I mean? yeah. Versus like, uh, you know, the, the guys that blow up and then, you know, John Jones has trouble. They don't know how to deal with the fame. Fucking mm -hmm. Connor right. throwing right. shit through bus windows. Like it's right. hard to to stay balanced and consistent through that whole. I think for me, the, the 
my biggest, one of my biggest things has been, you know, the mental part of fighting, you know, getting to the top, being pushed back down, getting to the top, you know, just dealing with that as a fighter has put a lot of stress on, like, you know, every time that I got into the cage, like how I thought or how I acted or how, you know, performed. Yeah. So. You you did some work with Vinny Shorman, right? Yep. How did that help? Uh, Vinny helped me a lot for, uh, I worked with Vinny for, I think, three years. Two or three years, and I, I find that um, tell everybody Vinny Chorman's a, a hypnotist who's been yeah. on the show a couple times. Three I actually times. I was the one that told you about Vinny. That's right. Brought him up on the show. Oh shit! Someone wants credit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I made you Vinny. <laughs> um, he hypnotized no, I, me. It was a trip. I was right. Like, wow, this is real. It really worked for me, and then uh, I find that as I've grown, I think uh, just like any technique, you you get better at it. And it has it needs time to like kind of resonate inside of you, and I, I feel. I mean, I haven't worked with him in over a year, and uh, I still f- I'm figuring out like, oh, that was the fuck he was talking about, or like this is like mm. it starts to sink in. So I think it's been uh, the mental game is a huge a huge uh, asset. Do you ever work with a sports psychologist or a hypnotist or anything like that? I haven't. I mean, I've worked a little bit with a guy named Will back in Florida. This was some years ago, but something I've always wanted to dabble in, something I've wanted to explore. I haven't really got the the chance to do a lot of things, but that's one thing I've always, like I said, the mental part has been key to me, so I've always wanted to do that. It might be a good thing to help you during your recovery, too. Yeah. You know, like to just really concentrate on recovery and really concentrate on the parts of your body that need to be fixed. And yeah. I mean, I would, uh, you know, I really need to reach out to the right people to get the right, you know, um, the help as far as, like, you know, people to talk to as far as hypnotists and stuff mm-hmm. like that. I don't really know anybody like that. So. Vinny Shorman to I the rescue. Send yeah. out the bat phone. <laughs> yeah. Vinny, I'll holler at you. Yeah, he'll, he's probably listening. He'll do it uh, over Skype, too. You do it over, uh, you know, you do yeah. fucking FaceTime. Yeah, he used to, uh, used to hypnotize me over FaceTime all the time. And then yeah. even on fight day, he would call me. Like, we'd be backstage. He'll be back in the States in October. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. So... I'll look it up. I'll That's make the connection. I would definitely look into I would definitely like. But you've been using the uh, lion's mane mushrooms too, right? Lions, yeah. I lion's saw it on uh, Paul Stamets. I, yeah, yeah. I yeah. sent him that video and uh, started talking to him about it. When I found out about what happened to him, you know, it was like, I'm sure not as bad as what he was going through, but like we just, ba- oh, I don't think he's going to walk again. Oh, was, you know, Daniel was in a horrible accident. And then every time I talked to him, he would just be like real, like, nah, fuck them. It's going to happen. Nah, it's fucked up. Yeah. And, uh, I'm like, all right, you need to take this lion's mane mushroom. You need some of these cordyceps mushrooms. Take all the flavor X CBD that you can get. Me up I'm going to send you some other mushrooms. It's good for your brain. You'll be cool. And uh, I mean, and look at him. Look what I did. Look, it's all Joe. <laughs> look what I did. All Joe. All it is Joe crazy, doing. though, seeing you walking around and hearing that you're sparring and hitting the bag and I mean, hitting pads. Yeah, I mean, all these things put together is just what's getting me back. You know, so it's nothing's impossible. I mean, I can prove that. You know, nothing's impossible and shit, you know, doing them, like you said, eating the lion's mane and the different uh, CBDs I've been taking and the, just getting my body back to, like, feeling good, mentally mm. feeling good. Just everything's working, like, in steps. So Little steps at a time. Basically. Yeah. It's day by day. So what you say, like, 80% now? I'll give you... 75 75 is good you know 75, 75 because, means you can get to 100 yeah, yeah you know like i'm running you know what i'm saying Woo. like that was one of my big goals was like by in six months i want to be running nice set a goal start a running boom you know? from a guy who couldn't walk 
Exactly. So that's awesome. It's it's, uh, it's I don't know. It gets me in a uh, every time I think about it. The reason why I stop is because every time I have to talk about it, I get in the mental thought of it and the process of from going laying in the bed, not be able to feel shit to you know dragging your foot after you're walking with a uh, you know walker to being able to pull up your pants now. It's crazy. It is fucking crazy. You know what I mean? And it just, it keeps me, I don't know, it keeps me, I don't know, humble enough to just, you know, talk about the situation and love it, love life. That's uh, a beautiful story, man. I, I love hearing things like that, people recovering from things. Because it's just, it makes you appreciate the fact that you are all healthy. Thank you. Every time anything goes wrong in your life, it's an opportunity to appreciate what it's like when things go right. And mm-hmm. if you can get back to where you were, you'll have a, a new perspective. I do. For always, sure. Always, for sure. Are you fucking with that Lion's Mane stuff too? Yeah. My, How often do you take it? Uh, I, I was taking it every day. I made a bunch of capsules uh, with Lion's Mane and uh, Cordyceps. You made the capsules yourself? Yeah. Okay, you, yeah. Can, you can buy it on, um, what, on a capsule Amazon, a little capsule machine, make 100 capsules. Nice, yeah. nice. Got my own little concoction there. Nice. Yeah. Can you... Um, so when, when you, I saw on your your show, um, Paul Stamets was talking about how the, uh, I think it was CTE. You guys were talking about mm-hmm. how the the lion's mane helps uh, find. No, I don't know if it repairs it or if it just helps like the it find a way around blockages or, or whatever. With it regenerates nerves. neural tissue. Neural yeah. tissue, and I was like, oh, Daniel, like hit hit him up with it right yeah. away. And, no, that lion's mane stuff is miraculous. I mean, there's, it's amazing that more people don't know about it. And that more people aren't talking about it, but anybody that's involved in contact sports, any athlete that you know is getting mm-hmm. hit and they're getting their cage rattled a lot, they yeah. should be taking that stuff all the time. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, and I, CBD as well, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I just look at it like uh, the business that we're in is really dangerous, and like if you know that there's something that you know uh, guys get punchy, right, or guys uh, lose their chin, or um, uh, have problems like performing on, on fight night or whatever. Like if you can, if you can take CBD to do better for swelling, you can take lines made to repair the concussions and shit that we're getting constantly. Like I just think you're kind of stupid if you're not yeah. actively yeah. trying to figure out a solution to all these problems. Have you ever fucked with kratom? I never. I not really. I know people that have. I, I was um, I was hanging out with Simon Rex yesterday, and he was telling me like some awesome stories about people that uh, were addicted to opiates. Mm-hmm. They got off of it with kratom. I think it's awesome. Simon Rex, a.k.a. Dirt Nasty. Yeah, so good. So <laughs> funny, dude. Such an awesome dude. He's a good dude. I uh, I took eight eight pills yesterday, which uh, most of the time I was taking two, and then I took four, and then yesterday I took eight. Now I get it. That stuff makes you high as fuck. Really? When you take eight, my, my whole body felt weird. I was, I was like pretending to be sober. I was walking around pretending to be sober, but not like uh, drunk. Not not like reaction time. Like you know, like I almost knocked something off the counter. I caught it real quick. It's like everything's normal. Like your yeah. body moves good, but uh, you're like, ooh, you feel weird. You feel like, ooh, huh. like you're under Mentally the effects. Or like physically, you feel mentally, it's it's like very nice. Like yeah, it gives you a body buzz, but it's uh, it's great at alleviating anxiety. Hmm. Like it makes you really chill. It's weird. It just like puts okay. you in this nice headspace where you just like, oh, like everything's calm. I think the idea is that it fills up these opium receptors, yeah. and that's what uh, 
what people that have had real problems with opiates, that's why they like it. Because even if you are fucked up on it, you're not fucked up like, uh, like I'm, you're fucked up like, ooh, I feel something, something crazy's going on. And I, I was taking eight, and uh, my buddy Chris Bell, he's the guy who directed that uh, Bigger, Stronger, Faster documentary, mm -hmm. he had a real problem with uh, opiates. He got a, a pretty serious uh, hip injury, had to get hip replacement surgery, and was in massive pain. And when he, he has a serious arthritis, like right. genetic arthritis. And when he got his hip replaced and got on pain pills, he got hooked bad in the middle of making a documentary about prescription drugs, oh, wow. which is crazy. In the middle yeah. of it, he got hooked himself. Just total random, you know, synchronicity. And he takes 10. He takes 10 of those. So he takes two more than I took. And yesterday for like four hours, I was walking around like this. Ooh. But there's no real like side effects in comparison no. to the other stuff. No, had, no real side effects. After that last man standing tournament um, with Gloria, I had three fights in one night. My, I had like super bad chest. I had this contusion on my chest. It's still there years later. The swelling in it's my still there. Yeah, swelling in my sternum, and uh, it would pinch off nerves running down my shoulder, and then I think it actually pinched off the nerve root, which is when I started doing the, um, the decompression. Uh, with the chiropractor and so my left side started like getting like it was noticeably getting smaller like it was the muscle atrophies because what you don't know is that well I didn't know you might know it Joe you know everything is that the nerve root actually feeds the the muscle and allows it to grow without yeah. once that's fucked up then your muscle right. won't grow anymore it's when you atrophy and shit it's very difficult to get it to grow back yeah. too if you don't catch it quickly right and uh did you have a problem getting it to grow back, or did you catch it quicker? Uh, well, I think when we started doing the decompression and all that stuff, it worked. Um, I mean, it, it grew back, I think. Um, but the the pain that I was feeling from all the shit, I kept I kept getting Vicodin prescriptions, Vicodin, Norco, Vicodin, mm. Norco, and uh, you're literally in pain. So I would take the the medicine, but um, after like two months like i looked at my kitchen counter and there was just empty pill bottles like everywhere and i noticed that i was like really fucking aggressive and like short and like i just stopped right away when i when i realized that but i could Good totally see how that would be that could become a, an addictive thing for sure i was there for because that last you, man you really need it you know it wasn't like i was like trying to get right. fucked up i was like oh i'm in pain and take a pill and then uh did you go to a doctor and get it looked at yeah i went to what did they say about your sternum uh, they said that there was nothing wrong with it. We went to the hospital twice. I woke up, uh, I remember I woke up like screaming and shaking from the pain and went to the doctor, the hospital, and they did an x-ray and they said there's nothing wrong with it. And I'm like, look at the swelling. It looked like a tennis ball. And they said that it was like inner cartilage or between the ribs or whatever, had gotten some sort of contusion. You know, somebody gets like hit in the elbow and their head pff, swells mm -hmm. up. The man was doing that under the rib or under the sternum plates or some shit. So there's nothing they can do about pressure. it. I just started taking Advil like it was going out of style. And then that would make the swelling go down. And then I wasn't in pain anymore. And the problem that I was having with the Vicodin was it's not an anti-inflammatory. So it did nothing for the for the actual cause of the pain. And I was just eating fucking Vicodin like crazy. So, um, and then, uh, yeah. But now I pretty much eat, I take Advil every day regardless for my knees hurting or my toes are hurting or like just years of... You're not supposed to fuck with that stuff yeah. every day. Yeah, well. It's not good. Yeah, you got to do the, the onic gut health, right? Well, it's just that'll help. I mean, in, uh, kimchi helps too, probiotics, kombucha. Right, I do all that. But it just it ruins your gut health, and it causes inflammation. This is what 
know, my friend Cameron Haynes, who runs uh-huh. uh, ultra marathons, right. he was taking 800 milligrams a day, sometimes twice a day. Yeah. And because uh, he was in pain all the time because he runs fucking, dude runs a marathon every day. On mm-hmm. Saturday, ne- this Saturday coming up, he's running for 24 hours and his goal is 120 miles in 24 hours. I mean, he's a fucking maniac. So this dude's always in pain. And uh, I had Dr. Rhonda Patrick on. And she was explaining about how non-steroidal anti-inflammatories like um, ibuprofen actually cause inflammation because they fuck up your gut bacteria hmm. and they fuck up your body's ability to process inflammation and it causes pain. So he listen. And it, there's there's connections to stroke and all sorts of other problems. So he gets off of it and all his pain went away. His pain was caused in part by the fact that he was taking this stuff. For his pain, which is a terrible, ridiculous, vicious yeah. cycle. For how That's long awful. straight did you say? What's that? For how long straight was he taking it? He was taking it for years. Yeah. For years. Yeah. He That's well, because he's been a runner forever. He's yeah. been doing marathons and ultra. He ran 238 miles last year. Yeah. The you know the Moab 230, which is That's just insane. Yeah, it's Moab just, 240. How is that even possible? It takes three days. Three fucking days. What's really crazy is... How sore are you after the first day? You woke up the next day, like, oh, yeah. yeah another 24 hours of running. <laughs> so there's a type of mindset that you have to have to be able to do something like that that's just superhuman. You, mm-hmm. you have to be able to just... Every step, left foot, right foot, left foot, right foot, agony and pain, all your toenails are falling off, everything's in... Yeah, I've seen him post pictures of no toes and... Nasty fucking, fucking feet. feet all fucked up. Yeah. What's crazy is a woman beat everybody by more than 10 hours. A woman who I had her on, her name is Courtney Dowalter. She beat everybody by 22 miles. She was 22 miles ahead of the second place dude. <laughs> That's unbelievable. She's a fucking oh animal. God. She slept for one minute in three days. One some, minute. Sounds she like slept some for Lance, a minute. Some Lance Armstrong. Lance <laughs> Armstrong's chick. You think so? Yeah, 22 miles? Come on. I don't think steroids help in that world. Yeah, I, I think know. in that world, those people are just, it's just mental. I really, I really don't think yeah. it helps. Man, and they don't, they don't get paid. They do that. They, they do get, it for, they get a little for fun. bit. They get sponsors and shit. Right. Cam doesn't get paid. I mean, he has sponsors. Under Armour sponsors them. And right. You know, but not really. Yeah. It's just because they're animals. It. I know you can't. Every step, <laughs> I'd be like, yeah. ching, 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 like thinking about what am I doing this for? Well, it's also you're used to psychotic interactions with other people in short amount of time. Like you're used to like a twenty minute That's experience. A great description. Chaos. Yeah. I mean, dude, I, that last man standing was one of my favorite events I've ever been to. I fucking loved it. I don't want you to ever do it again because I love you. <laughs> I don't want you fighting fucking four times in a night. Oh, just, man, I kind of want to do it again, though. It's I mean, that, so it's, crazy. Uh, there's something about doing that that uh, you know you're doing something like special and, and uh, you know, epic. Like, that was that was my main, the last man standing tournament. That was, like, my main focus. After, the, after I knocked out Simon Marcus and then... I guess after I beat, after the first two fights, going into the third one, like I'm pretty sure I wasn't going to beat Artem. I was too beat up, but I was like, just had this crazy buzz about knowing that I was doing something like special. Like this was really fucking cool, which well, I, I like doing. That's how I, those, I would love to do it again. I think that's how those people feel when they're running those crazy ultra marathons. Right. They know they're sense. about to do something insane. I mean, a regular fight is insane. Two regular fights in a night is insane. Three regular fights in a night against world-class kickboxers. And then the first fight, you had to go four rounds because after three rounds, it was a draw. What yeah, in the fuck, man? It's a good night of fight. I'd do that shit right now. Yeah. If you, Would you? <laughs> you look, you get yeah. excited. I'm getting excited hearing you talk about it. Make it sound good. I like tournaments, yeah. though. I've always loved tournaments. I've 
I always wanted to be in like a day tournament like that. Uh, I said it'd be dope. Now you're making your move back to MMA because kickboxing is just not what it should be. I think we both feel that. Yeah. Kickboxing is one of my favorite things to watch. I'm a giant fan of it. And for whatever reason, it is just not caught on in America the same way boxing has or the same way MMA has. No. And I've spent my whole, my whole, I've been doing it since I was 15 and I'm 34. So all of that time I've been thinking about the same question. And like, I'm, you know, um, it is what it is. Yeah, and it's like you can't hold on to it anymore. I mean, it's not for me. The sport is going to grow. It's going to keep keep doing good, and I hope that uh, that continues. But for me, I, I need to uh, to keep keep progressing, so yeah. to speak. That is a. It is what it is. I mean, that's the best it's way to it put is. it. Because there's no way we're going to fix it. But I don't understand, you know, I mean, I really really don't understand I fucking love watching kickboxing and when people tell me about how they love boxing I'm like that's great boxing is great. I love boxing too. Mm -hmm. Kickboxing is way better than boxing right. that, that that extra level of You know throwing in kicks and knees and and especially if you go to Muay Thai elbows and clinch It's just it's a wilder crazier striking sport mm -hmm. and I just don't understand it. I mean when I watch you fight or Kevin fight or, uh, you know, Kevin Ross or Giorgio Petrosian, John Wayne Parr. Like, how the fuck would you not want to watch that? Right. It's so exciting. And then continuously, like, the, they just don't. They just don't tune in. It just doesn't, it's like, what I don't the know fuck? What, I don't know what it is. I just don't understand. Does, does Bellator have real problems with their ratings when they air it? Um, I don't I don't know exactly what their, their ratings are. I know that they're, uh, they're average. They're not super fantastic. On any, so it's below yeah. what their average is for their MMA fights. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Man, it's a bummer. Sure. It's a real fucking bummer. Mm. Because for for anybody who's a fan, anybody who likes watching it, like shit, like that event in LA, that Last Man Standing, holy fuck, was that fun? Mm -hmm. That was crazy. Yeah, that was that was probably one of the best kickboxing events. I mean, it was the best kickboxing event I've ever been to. Yeah, me the, too. The whole energy and the forum, just in general, that layout of that was was badass. That yeah, that forum is perfect for that. I mean, and everybody knew it was a special night. Like that was that it was crazy, you know. Right. That they were doing this, you know. What is it like knowing that the, like, how much time do you have in between your second and third fight, and everything is fucked up and sore, and you know you're about to go into another fight. Uh. I think it's probably like 30 minutes, 30, 40 minutes, like maybe one more, one other fight between you. So just enough time for everything to start hurting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I guess I was, it was because of the money. Like I knew that like each time I fought, I was going to get more money. And that was like my focus in the 30 minutes, like not wanting to go back out never crossed my mind, you know, versus if I think if I wasn't getting paid for it, I'd be like, it's oh, cool. <laughs> like, oh, that was fine. You know what I mean? So that's why I was asking about those ultra marathons, how they, right. if they get paid for it or not, because I don't think that would be my main focus. You say that, but I think that if you were there, just your competitive spirit would kick in and you would go, let me see what I could fucking do here. Yeah, give me another minute. And then another cigarette. Yeah, yeah, then you're at <laughs> Daniel, let's go smoke. Yeah. Mile 79, yeah. and you're like, shit, I, all I have to do is right. 21 more miles. I could do that. Yeah. <laughs> Not me. I'm like, man, fuck this shit. Do you think you'd like to fight in a tournament, like old school UFC one I would. style? I always yeah? wanted to. Always yeah? wanted to. Uh, you know, being part of 
Bellator's tournament. It was dope being a part of like a you know monthly tournament. Right. I've always wanted to be like in a eh, night. Yeah. Was was good with again you know fighting some of the best fighters in the world three times a night. Yeah, that's really what's going to test you to me. Like, yeah. So the, yeah. I There's so many fight. factors involved, so many variables, right? Like right. your opponent could get a quick first round knockout, right? And you could go a three round war, right, 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 you know, right. and then you face each other in the next round. It's just, I yeah. get the commissions not wanting to do it anymore. I get it. The only place they would let you do it is probably like one of them Native American casinos. It's yeah. like, come oh, on yeah. in, Bobby Lashley, come on in. Yeah, we, I think the commission you. is the commission a problem. I think they would do it in California. You they think so? With, they did it with Glory when I did it. Yeah, but that's kickboxing. I don't know if they would do that with MMA. Even huh. with kickboxing, it's wildly, uh, widely criticized, though. A lot of people think that was a bad idea. Right. Well, they... I, think, I think the way they can do it with kickboxing is because of, of boxing. The boxing uh, rule set is like you have up to 12 rounds or whatever. So for kickboxing, that's three fights. Right, three right, rounds, right, right. Yeah. I don't know how that works with MMA, though. That makes sense with kickboxing. That makes sense. Because I, I think they probably would have a hard time saying, like, Oh, Daniel can fight ten rounds of MMA tonight legally. Mm -hmm. That's probably not. That's probably What's not the thing. most rounds of kickboxing you ever fought in a night, other than that that tournament? Like one single fight? Oh, five. Five, five rounds. When I was fighting Muay Thai, it was always five. It's rounds. pretty always always like that, yeah. right? It, why yeah. is that? Um, I think the 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 rule set in Thailand is based primarily around gambling. It's like human cockfighting is what Muay Thai is in, in Thailand. Essentially, it sounds negative, but it's kind of that way. Everybody in the audience is, is gambling. They're betting, you know, yelling, and uh, motioning back and forth between the betting. So, like in Thailand, it's a three minute round, but it's two minute rest, which I think is awesome. Mm, uh, it is awesome. But you ever fight here, over there? Yeah, I fought uh, for the WBC world title over there. And, wow. What and year then, was this? Uh, I don't know. Jamie. <laughs> they play the music yeah yeah for sure and i fought at uh, raja dumnan stadium in thailand which is like one of the wow raja dumnan and uh lumpini are the two Damn. the two big ones so i fought over there um uh the two minute rest is cool except like you kind of run out of like things to talk about like after a minute like <laughs> my coach and i were just like so uh, all right i'm like looking at ring girls like, whatever. did you fight a thai guy uh, no, um, both times no. First time I fought a guy from Argentina at Roger Dumnan Stadium, and the second time I fought uh, Cara Pet Cara Petian from Golden Glory Gym mm -hmm. yeah. for the WBC World Title. Now, when you um, fight over there in Thailand, did they still expect Westerners to take it easy on that first round? Because the idea is during the first round, most ties they go fairly light because they're ready for the betting to get established. Yeah, they don't want to. You want to? I think. You don't want to come out too strong because then nobody will bet on you or against the other person. Mm. Um, I don't think they expect that from the foreigners, though. I think just <laughs> as a whole, they think that the foreigners suck. And, like, they think, like, foreigners won't block leg kicks. So a lot of times you'll see, like, the ties come out and just wreck the fucking foreigner in the first round if they can. So, yeah, I don't think they're, they're expecting the foreigners to... Uh, participate I would I would so. love to go back in time and watch Ramon Decker right. when he first got there right and that was like the golden era of Muay Thai in like the 90s when when they didn't have the uh, you know like right now it's the first round they don't really fight the second and the third round they fight and the fourth round they they may or may not fight depending on who if who they already won. know who's who won the first two they take and it off the fifth because round they, they do nothing Really? Yeah. I mean, not nothing, but almost nothing. They're not really trying to win. Because they know they're going to fight in a week. Right. 
And then, like, in the golden era, it was, like, when, like, those guys would come out and just, it was the prime fight. time. And everybody would fight every round. And uh, it was, supposedly it was better. Those Ramon Decker fights. Anybody who doesn't know anything about Muay Thai, go on YouTube right now and watch Ramon Deckers and watch Chaos. Mm -hmm. That dude. He fought guys who was his size, too. That was what was interesting about him. Is like He was a small guy. It wasn't like a big guy who was going over there to fight the Thais. Right. He was their size. Yeah, and he fought like the top, top, top guys in like their, in like their prime, which is pretty rare. Now you see like... Sanchai is super famous, but like Sanchai is, is is like the celebrity guy who's fighting like the older, heavier ties. Like the the top ties right now in Thailand are like 120 pounds, 100, 115 pounds, mm -hmm. and they're like 16 years old. Those are like the top guys. Right. Then you build a name where you're a big enough name that the foreigners know about you, and the rest of the world, they market you, and then you fight. You know, they're, they're, you go to America and you fight an American, and you go to wherever. So he's like uh, Sanchai, Bukau, those guys. He's fighting constantly, and he seems to be fighting on the road a lot. He'll go to these weird places and fight some dude who looks like he's in real trouble almost immediately. Right. You know? Yeah. Well, they're like, oh, we're going to bring Sanchai over for this fight. And they're like, oh, he's got to fight somebody. Right. Yeah. It's hard. Uh, and then a lot of times the ties don't fight each other. Like, it's very rare that you'll see outside of, like, a Thai stadium. Um, you know, you're, never, you're hardly – you're not going to see – Yahtzee Klai fight, Bukau, or like a tie versus tie. They right. want the, the ties to kill the foreigners and then still all be on the same team. I well, Sanchai's got such an interesting style, too, because you, if you looked at him, if you only saw like a silhouette and you saw him move around, you'd go immediately, oh, that's Sanchai. You, mm -hmm. could, you could tell, like mm -hmm. instantly. Yeah. This is a, constantly moving, shuffling his feet, switching back and forth, real light on his feet. He just moves different than everybody else. Mm -hmm. and he does like the old Moy Baran. So Moy Baran was like the original martial art of uh, that turned into Muay Thai. If you watch like the old Tony John, ja like Ong Bak, mm -hmm. where they like whatever, and they run up on your leg and like drop an elbow on your head. Right. There's like the Moy Baran stuff and like a lot of the techniques that Sanchai does, like the cartwheel kick. Or like the games that he plays. Uh, Lurzilla is another one that's really similar to him. It's fun to watch. Did you see when they met, let Lurzilla fight in Lion Fight against a dude with zero fights? Yeah. They that's let him lion, fight a dude fight with him. zero fights. The dude had zero Muay Thai fights. And Lurzilla is like over 400. And is yeah. Like, he got top of the top. And he head kicked this dude into another dimension. But... It was one of those things where you it was inevitable from the first minute of the first yeah. round. You're like, this, this guy was an MMA okay. fighter. Not a bad fighter, but just doesn't belong in there with Lurdzilla. Right. It was ridiculous. Yeah. And when when I put it online, the, please don't ever do that again. They're yeah. like, oh, well, Conor McGregor is going to fight Floyd Mayweather. Yeah, that's for $100 million, bro. Yeah. yeah. Kind of different. Pretty sure Lion yeah. Fight didn't pay that guy anywhere yeah. close to that. Dude, Pretty it. sure that guy got his head knocked off for yeah. a thousand bucks. And it wasn't the same. That guy's not Conor McGregor either. No. Yeah, you know? right. I mean, if Conor McGregor fought Lurdzilla in an MMA fight or a Muay Thai fight, I'd go, okay, let's see what happens. You know, I mean, I don't think he's going to win, but mm. that, that might be interesting. But, you know, seeing those guys and the, the, the real high-level guys and seeing, like, what they're able to do seeing the, the way they move and it's a, it's so important for especially for MMA guys that don't understand the levels of striking right. that there's when guys are just striking there are yeah. just there's some elite upon elite upon elite levels mm -hmm. you know I mean it's um, 
It's, it's like a black belt versus a blue belt. Yeah. You'd be like a really badass blue belt, and then you like go to the black belt, you're just completely lost. Like it's not even close. You're just getting dominated. Yeah, you That's just get shut that it is, down. You know, or like you're a good high school wrestler, and you go against like you know, world champion. Yeah. It's not going to happen. Yeah. That's, I mean, one of the more unique things about combat sports is that there are these deep, deep levels. Yeah. And you don't, you know, sometimes you need to see, like, a guy like um, Khabib Nurmagomedov is a perfect example. you got to see him fight against guys who you know are badass and see him smush right. them. Yeah. Just to, to realize, see the difference, right. Yeah, to realize, like, where this guy's at. Because he's not doing anything. It's not like he's doing jump 360 wheel kicks in the air that nobody else can do. He's mm. doing things that everybody else does. He's just doing them at a level yeah. that no one else is doing it at. It's crazy. His wrestling is, like, ten times the level of, like, a lot of wrestlers I've seen. Khabib. Yeah. Have right. you ever trained with him? Never trained with him. But he just, he impressed me with, like, you know, yeah. watching him fight. Who was the best wrestler at American Top Team when you were there? <sighs> Who would you think? Who do you think is the best wrestler you trained with? I would have, I mean, wasn't a fighter. Had to be Brownie. I mean, Brownie's a dog. Just coach-wise, he was just. What's his name? Mike Brownie. And where's Mike he out of? Was it Brownie. Mike Brown. No, no where's he out of? ATT. No, but where was he, was he a college wrestler? No, 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 no I'm saying Mike Brownie, not a a, a a fighter. Was a coach. Mike Brownie was probably the best wrestler I had. Oh, the coach was. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Just, Mike Brownie was just had his hands, his his movement, his strength. It's just a dog. And he wasn't a fighter. No, just coaching you know wrestling. Mike, Mike yeah. Brownie. Yeah. yeah. So. But he he had a college career too, though. Yeah. Where'd he go? I think he was in Boston, maybe or. Where was Mike Brownie from? Up north somewhere. So he's never had any MMA fights? No, Brownie has, yeah. How many? Uh, fuck, 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 no. Fought for the UFC, fought for a fucking, um, what was that before UFC? What were that? Younger, um, beat Uriah, um, you know, had a WEC? Very, yeah, WEC. Had a good career. Oh, Mike Brown, you're Brownie, saying? yeah. You're saying Browning. Um, it's Brown, Mike Brown. Brown. I was like, who's this Browning guy? Yeah, that's what I said. I'm like, who the fuck is he talking about? And I, Jesus I thought Christ, I was Jesus, I'm like, I still don't know what the fuck I was confused. I'm like, he fought for the UFC. Mike, like, I'm, I'm Mike going Brown. through my Rolodex. I'm Mike just, Browning. Browning? Browning. Who's Browning? Yeah, what the fuck is he talking yeah. about? No, Mike Brown's a Brown. beast. Brown. No, he's a, he was a bad motherfucker in his day. Yeah. Cool motherfucker, sure. too. Very I good like, dude. When I was down at ATT, like, he's probably my favorite person I fuck with. I don't know well, he's yeah. a great coach now, too. He was yeah, in yeah. Uh, Colby Covington's corner this weekend, and uh, he told me after the fight, he's like, dude, this kid's cardio is insane. He's like, mm. it's insane. He goes, I think it might be like a, just a natural gift that he has. I mean, he trains really, really hard, but he said his cardio is just off the charts. Hmm. Yeah, interesting. It's funny how much attention he's like, man, I don't know if he wasn't that good before, but it seems like he got a ton of fucking attention as soon as he started talking shit. Oh, for sure. I mean, I mean just, the, the just talking shit. the champ or in the, the room. Yeah, well, the talking shit got him to the dance, but beating Maya the way he beat Maya, everybody right. had to open their eyes up and go, huh. But a lot of people had doubts. They were like, Dos Anjos is a fucking straight-up assassin. Mm -hmm. He's going in there against a guy who fucked up Robbie Lawler, a guy who murked Neil Magny. Like, how's he going to beat this guy? And he beat the shit out of him. Yeah. He literally Control beat him every round. It was crazy. Like, mm -hmm. he, watching, I mean, maybe you could give the first round to Dos Anjos, and, you know, he was always a threat because he still got power. But Colby's just on, and it was like Nick Diaz style, just pop, pop, constant, constant attack, constant kicking him, constant punching him. 
I was very impressed. Mm-hmm. Very impressed. I have to go back Good. and watch it. I didn't see it, so I can't really say anything. Very impressive, man. The, the most impressive thing was the pace he put on him, because Dos Santos is known for his cardio. Yeah. And he had a p- real problem with that cardio when he was at 155, because he had diminished his body so much. And then he moves up to 170, and you're like, well, now he literally doubled his output. If you look at the strikes per minute in the 155-pound division, and then 170, it was double yeah. at 170. Wow. And still, Colby melted him. Just wow. just stayed stayed on him, kept that heat on him. It was crazy. It's impressive. Very impressive. But now he's got Tyron so mad. Tyron wants to fucking kill him. That's that's a different person. Like Tyron Why is Tyron has, so mad because he hates him. All the shit talking Colby's been doing. He did, he did interviews with people. Where he told them don't bring up Colby's name. I don't want you to even bring up his name because he didn't want Colby getting any attention. But now it's too late. Yeah. You know, now he's Tyrone got... Tyrone doesn't want anyone's name other than his bro up ever, <laughs> all the time, on any show. Ever. <laughs> period. Ever. They're going to fight now. Ever. They're going to fight now. Yeah, yeah. Well, He should be happy that guy talks a lot of shit now, because that's what's going to make him money. You're right. I mean, it's good for both of them. Fuck yeah. It's good for both of them. How do you feel about shit talking? I was never a shit talker, but because I never wanted to be that guy that, shit, that talks shit and come back it up. So I like when people talk shit because I'm going to beat your ass anyways. But, you know, it, it works for some. It doesn't. Like I said, for me, it was I was never one of those guys. But it has been one of those things that, like, you see every every couple years, it's those one guy that stands out from yeah. talking shit. And it's like, ah, it works for him. Then you start to see everybody try to trickle it. But, right. Well, I, I think know. Connor did that for a lot of people, but... Kobe's saying some hilarious shit. I'm gonna take this belt yeah. and bring it to Donald Trump. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like he's doing some shit to piss some people off. Yeah. Fucking, it's fucking funny yeah. though, man. It's just, I mean, it it's works. the same thing Chell did, right? Exactly. Chell was like, it, it's exactly. obviously fun, like just, it's obviously bullshit, but it's it fucking works, yeah. It's exactly. Funny. But Chell's still the best in my opinion. See, the matter you make me, I can watch him talk about anything. Yeah. I just, I just fucking, I really like watching. Well, he's that a guy smart guy. dude. It's yeah. really good. Yeah. His little, his uh, Instagram videos that he does in his car yeah. are fucking great yeah they're excellent fucking yeah. great i would take a class from chill on how to like how, to, talk shit. how to do that shit <laughs> i would totally do it yeah know? man when he was fighting anderson silva i mean that, those those were the glory Quite days great. of shit talking in mma he opened up the door for everybody oh they're yeah. feeding the nogara brothers a carrot yes a carrot oh my to, god it's they so good a, they thought a bus was a donkey <laughs> I, I didn't know that they had the internet there i swear i didn't know ah. i thought it was on a private forum the internet and they that guy's there. balls he went over and did the ultimate fighter in brazil i mean went over to brazil stayed there for six weeks and did the Ultimate Fighter and coached alongside Vanderlei. And Vanderlei got, got jumped by uh, Dita, right? Yeah. And Vanderlei got so goofy on the show that Vanderlei lost Brazilian fans. Because Vanderlei was coming after him and Chael was trying to be calm about it. And Chael was like, look, you know, like, uh, don't touch me. Don't come near me. And, you know, Vanderlei comes near him and he grabs him and takes him down. He's oh, like, yeah. what? It, it, was so, it was so interesting, like, watching him turn it all around. And have people mad at Vanderlei. I mean, the Brazilians were mad at Vanderlei. They're like, you're making us look bad. Yeah, perfect. Plays it perfect. Plays it perfect. Yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a time and a place for shit talking. And this is the time and this is the place. Yeah. It just seems yeah. like to make money now, it's it's such a wise move. I mean, it's sports entertainment at the end of the day, regardless yes. of what anybody wants to say or think about it. And like, 
I'd rather, I mean, I'd watch two guys that aren't that good at fight, you know, like the tough man contest, if it's marketed right, and like yeah. right. the bouncers and bartender, like whatever, like if it's entertainment, it's entertainment. You some of the mean? best fights have been against guys who aren't some of the best fighters. Oh, Butterbean, I'd love that guy. Cabbage, <laughs> like one of those was the Cabbage. best fights ever. For sure. I'm going to start like a, yeah. a fucking tough man contest promotion. Well, and even yeah. good guys who aren't world champions, like when Arturo Gotti fought Mickey Ward, we knew that they were both right. perfectly matched and they were just going to collide in the middle of the ring and, and beat the fuck out of each other. But yeah. those are some of the classic boxing matches. Yeah. Classic. For sure. For sure. Didn't have to be for the heavyweight championship. Or no, whatever, you know? no, no. I mean, there's some been some amazing fights in the UFC that are similar to that, like Gilbert Melendez versus Diego Sanchez. Right. That wasn't for a title. That was one of the greatest fights I've ever seen. That shit was crazy. The whole classic style makes fights. I mean, I've always, like, I think that shit's... Two fighters that don't really have too much on the line and talking shit about a fight, hyping the, the, the hype behind a fight is what makes fights, yeah. I think. It always has. Yeah, so. as long as you can actually still fight. Yeah. And that's what makes it interesting with a guy like Connor or a guy like Colby. They can fucking fight. They're talking a lot of shit, but when they, when the when the bell rings, they're backing it up. I mean, that, we were talking about this earlier, but that's what bugs me most about CM Punk was that he has the the uh, WWE background. You would think he would at least be like great on the mic, you know what I mean? And like maybe he can't back it up or fight or whatever, but like. He goes from like cocky and confident, oh, I'm the fucking champ or whatever at WWE yeah. to like, oh, you know, just believe in yourself, kids. Like, it's, <laughs> it's like really hard to. Don't, I just don't listen, get it. Don't believe in and yourself. And he has no physical, like, no physique. He doesn't. He's not like. It's like it's kind of sad. Is he, I just shit on CM Punk. For no, reasons. listen, you didn't shit on him. You, you were you were honest <laughs> about him. You were honest about what you saw. I don't think that's shitting on him. Right. Um, I, he's a very nice guy. He's a very nice guy and he's a hard worker, but he does not have athletic talent. He's missing a lot, and he's a showman, and when he was in the WWE, he was allowed to say, I am the fucking man, and throw his arms up in the air, right. and they had it scripted so that he was the man. But you know, when you're in there with a guy like Mike Jackson, who had zero fear of him, right. and just was so casual, and just popping him in the face anytime he wanted to, and literally could have stopped him anytime. If he just got angry and wanted to stop him, he could have stopped him at any point in the fight. And even though he beat him decisively, the performance was it pissed Dana White off so bad the way he was fighting that he, he called him a fucking idiot and he said he'll never fight in the UFC again. And he won. Oh. So like if Mike Jackson went out there and just starched CM Punk with a right hand left hook combination and that was the end of it, they would say, well, CM Punk, you gave it a shot. That's it. It's over. Mike, who would you like to fight next? And now it's like... You know, you're not even fighting in the UFC anymore because you should have you should have stopped him. Like what you were doing, he tickled him. Yeah, he fucking tickled yeah, him yeah, during make, the fight. They'll make a joke of the sport. Like it's already like a joke that if this guy, you know, everyone thinks CM Punk's like a fucking joke. I guess he is. If that's what they look, but like, don't make a joke of the sport. And, like not, you know what yeah. I mean? Then well, you're kind of just like poking fun at the fans. I get where Dana's coming from. I get where you Dana's know? coming I'd from have, too. I just starched him. Yeah, it's the whole thing was. It was very weird. The whole thing was very weird. Like right away when you see CM Punk holding his, holding his hands up and moving stiff and throwing kicks, you're like, oh, Jesus. Like right. I don't like that being on pay-per-view. I understand that they're selling pay-per-view cards, but pay-per-view in the UFC should be the elite fighters. Curtis Blades versus Alistair Overeem should have been yeah. on that pay-per-view card. That's what should have been there. Not, not what we got to see. You know, what we got to see was just... Yeah. I, I don't like when it's like now 
like you're playing a trick on the fans. You know what I mean? Right. You're promoting this guy as if he's something, and then it's like yeah. sparring videos come out, and it's like, what the fuck is this? You know? Sparring videos were crazy. It was awful. It was like a guy who just showed how to awful. spar. Awful. It's like you took a dude who's no wrestling background, no nothing, Don't and you're like, all right, this one I want you to do. This is a jab. This is a right hand. And this is when you throw a kick, I want you to pivot your hips. Go ahead in there and spar. I mean, he just he doesn't have the ability to move his body right. There's a lot of guys that you could take out there that are um, track and field guys or football players, and you could get them to fight better than him in a couple of weeks. Right. Easily, because they're athletes. athletes. They're athletes. They would understand how to shift their weight, throw a punch, and... Yeah, the the sparring videos that I saw was, I think it was from his first fight, but even then, like, he wasn't he signed for, like, two years before he had his first fight or something? Yes. Like, there's no way that you're six years deep in the game and you're, you're still are that bad. You know what I mean? He doesn't have any talent. That's all it is. He just doesn't have physical talent, whatever for whatever reason, whether it's uh, his approach... His intensity, whether it's it's not his coaching. He's with Duke fucking Rufus, you know. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean how's Duke feel about that? He talks about Duke Rufus. He, in one of the pre-fights, he said, uh, "How do you see this fight?" He's like, "Oh, I really like a head kick. Duke would love to see a head kick." I'm like, "I don't think that's gonna happen." Oh, that's so crazy. <laughs> that is so. That's such a crazy thing to say. Yeah. Um, you know, Duke's a beautiful person. He's a, he's a great guy in every every sense of the word. He just is. He's a great guy. He did his best. You know, there's only so much you could do. Right. You know, I mean, I'm sure you would love working with Duke. I'm sure he would love working with you. If you and Duke work together, I'm sure you guys would have a great old time. Because you're Joe fucking Chilling, right? And he's Duke fucking Rufus. Let him know. You know, let him know. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean? I mean, you have to have something to work with. You know, I mean, if Duke just grabs some dude from a gas station that has been. Uh, drinking beer and smoking cigarettes his whole life and, and had him in a fight in six months, how much can you possibly expect? I don't know, but I would rather see that fight against CM Punk <laughs> than these other ones, really. Let's find out how that one would go. I well, know a guy you can find at a gas station, beer and cigarettes. What's interesting is they both both guys fought Mickey Gall first, which is weird. Did you see his Instagram? Mickey's? Yeah, he did yeah. like his own pre-fight uh, what you, analysis of how it was going to go. It was really good. Yeah, well... You know, that was a disaster. When I saw Mickey fight, and then I saw that he was going to fight CM Punk, I was like, who said yes to this? Why the fuck would you say yes to this? This Mickey's is 100% guaranteed brain damage. There's no way you're going to beat him. There's not. You don't have a goddamn chance in hell. You have yeah. no chance. And I was saying that. People get mad at me. The CM Punk fans are getting mad at me. I'm like, look, this is what I do. My job is to analyze shit. Right. I look at I look at fighters. I look at I, I understand what I'm talking about, man. Mm -hmm. This is like I'm, I got a pit bull and I'm going to put him in a, a cage with a puppy. What do you think is going to happen? The pit bull is going to kill the puppy. This is what Straight this up. is how it works. Straight up. This isn't like this isn't well. Maybe that puppy going to grab him by the face. No, yeah. no, 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 no. Listen to me. I'm telling you, die. this is how bad this matchup is. This is a this is a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu brown belt with a nasty back game. Well, I mean, you he's look at strong like, and fast. You look at uh, the matchup with uh, that CM Punk just had Mike Jackson. Mickey beat Mike Jackson in like under a minute. Smushed I think, him, right? Yeah, smushed him. Took his back, strangled him. He's been he's uh, been out here training with me for like the three months now. And the kid's getting really good. His striking's getting really really good. He's fucking talented, man. Really good. 
And he talks a lot of shit, too. Yeah, he's good. Plus, he's got hilarious walkout music. When he comes yeah. out, to, oh, Mickey, you're so fine. You're so fine. I've been trying to convince him. Ever since he got here, I called his phone. And it's like, you know those people that have those ringback songs, and they're like fucking horrible yeah. elevator music? Every time that. he answers, and I'm like, dude, turn that fucking shit off. You change it. Or at least have it be, hey, Mickey, you're so fine. Yeah. You know? and it's, what is it's his neither. music that he has on? It's some trash. It's like <laughs> just just elevator, dun, 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 like something awful. Oh, Fucking change it, Mickey. That's change the worst. it, buddy. Change the shit. When is he fighting again? Uh, I, I don't think he has anything booked yet. We're, uh, I think he's he's calling Shel Sean Shelby. So he's working with you with his striking? Yep. Nice. Yep. And he's helping me with my ground game. And, Who uh, is he working with his ground game out here? Uh, uh, Jason Manley and uh, Bomba Vasconcelos. Where's that out of? Uh, Bomba trades with me, and Jason Manley is. Uh, I think they're training at Muscle Farm. That's cool. So where is he? Uh, is he staying in Burbank out there? Is he staying near you? He's uh, staying near me and um, uh, Eagle Rock. Nice. He's actually roommates with Eve Edwards. No shit. Yeah. Oh, that's He's like, right. I need a place Eve to stay told here. me. We got Eve. We're getting this little. I love Eve. Getting this little. He's a good uh, dude. Thing to go on. Yeah, man, he's great, isn't he? He's a great dude. Great he's a dude. great dude. He's a very good on the desk, too. It's interesting to see, like, uh, former fighters on the desk. Like, some dudes are lost and some dudes are smooth. You know, some dudes are very good at it. He's. I think he's just great, right? He's very I think, good I, I, I think he's one of my favorite ones to watch. Yeah, I tweeted about it, uh, like, years ago when he first started doing it. I'm like, I really appreciate him doing it, you know? Um, Michael Bisping's very good at it too. Yeah, although like he, he and Colby got at it, it was a little awkward. They they went after it after the uh, after the fight. Like Bisping can't not talk shit, right? Like no, he, he can't he, help he, it. He, he can't help not, himself, which I kind of I kind of really appreciate that about him actually. Well, um, he's he's a dog, man. His his competitive drive is pretty intense. You know, Bisping is, in my opinion, like one of the best. But he's like one of the best poster boys for just hard work, mental toughness, and determination. Yeah, and also being that like British dude at the bar that'll like have a beer and tell you to go fuck yourself or exactly. whatever. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, piss off, you <laughs> mother. Get <laughs> at. Yeah, yeah. That's good. He's got problems with his other eye now too. Does he? Yeah, that sucks. He got some sort of a detachment in his other eye, his good eye. No, I thought they were gonna fix fix one. I thought it was like. Going to get better or something? Well, they would, got done? he's got some sort of oil in it that protects it before he retires. And then when he retires, he's going to get it operated on to fix it. But now he has a new problem with his right eye. He was seeing some flash or something like that in his right eye. And he went to the doctor and found out he's got a detachment Detach there. Okay. And he's like, all right, fuck this. I'm done. Because he was going to have one more fight. Yeah. And now he's like, I'm done. He did it all, man. He, yeah, he won the ultimate fighter. He won yeah. the title. You know. He's been hated. He's been yeah. loved. Yeah, and and now he's he's a good analyst too. He's yeah, very he's good a, on the desk. Cushy thing going. His podcast, I think, are great too. Mm -hmm. He's doing really yeah. well. He's doing good. That is a and nice acting thing too, right now. Yep. Is yep. He has some movies. Yeah, he's always got something going on. Um, it's nice that guys do have those other options too, like podcasts right. and different things. Now there's there's ways out, you know. Right. Especially look at like what Shab's done. Shab has taken it to a whole nother level. I mean, he's as far as guys being able to get out of the out of the fight game and then make a living as a podcaster. He's fucking doing stand up now and headlining clubs and shit and traveling mm -hmm. all over the country. And he's good, man. He's fucking funny. He's a funny dude. Yeah, it's hilarious. You know, it's just nice that fighters have options. Because, you know, seeing a guy stick around when he shouldn't be doing it anymore is one of the hardest things. Oh, for sure. And then you look like all the NFL guys or any pro sport, most of those guys are broke by the, you know, within like four years of when they finish. Mm -hmm. And uh, 
yeah, there's not a whole lot of other options for a lot of the guys. So I think it's good. It's nice that we have other options. Yeah. For sure. So with you, you signing. Showed, you've showed everybody the way here, Joe. There's a way. You know, there's a way. There's ways. Yeah. Oh, you know, yeah. especially with the internet, man, there's just crazy ways. I mean, how much money do you think Mighty Mouse makes on his Twitch stream? I would say a decent amount. I don't know how much. This is like the video game totally yeah. stream yeah, thing? Dude's Twitch stream, and they're not even like the best gamers in the world, and they make thousands and thousands of dollars. I know Rampage right is on there all the time. What'd you say? He's playing in something right now. Sugar Sean's in it, too. Ah! <laughs> well, not that we're gonna watch it, but yeah, it's on. Rampage does that too. I think so. Yeah, he's a good big gamer. He's always talking about it. Is he still active? Is he still gonna fight again? Yeah, I was trying to get a fight with him not too long ago, and uh, I'm not sure what. Well, he's like know. 290 pounds right now. Yeah, but I feel like uh, I still like, feel like I, that for that size, I could do that. I feel like I could do that. I could beat Rampage. I don't know if I'd go for like Brock Lesnar. Well, the Depends Rampage kind of fight would be we're a good about. fight for you because he doesn't he doesn't try to take you down. Right. Most likely he's going to try to stand with you. Right. Yeah. Do you have a set schedule for your return to MMA? Uh, I'm hopefully going to get something around September, August, late August, early September, I think. And you just month. decided that where kickboxing is right now just doesn't have enough juice. Uh, yeah, I, just, I uh, you know, I want to keep uh, progressing financially and uh you know uh, like i said money motivates me a lot and uh if i reach the ceiling of the sport so to speak and there's oh mma is right here right next door and uh yeah that makes, makes sense. sense yeah that no it does make sense you say you're 34 yeah i mean how many more years you think you're gonna do it uh four five four five probably. yeah yeah i want to make big fights as much money as i can um, and set up for, you know, life after fighting. I think you know you can't just quit, right? You gotta find ways to market yourself at the highest level to get as much attention as possible, so you're relevant in the space that you pass. And I just don't think that kickboxing is is gonna get me there. You know? Yeah, man, it's a bummer, but I think you're right. I think it's a smart. If you're just dealing strictly financially, I think it's a very smart move. It's very unfortunate. I, I really wish there was a solution. I do not know what it would be, though. I mean, everybody's tried. Spike TV tried. They tried with the Paramount Network. Uh, they tried with Glory. You yeah. know? Well, mean, I think, it, and also with Bellator, you know, maybe I'll come back. Maybe there's a big fight. You know, maybe Musashi's like, you know what? I think I want the Bellator kickboxing title, too. Mm, and I'll be. Right. Yeah. Let's, let's do it. So. Right. Yeah. Um, but I would fight. If they let me, I would fight fucking kickboxing first, win that fight, and then come back out the same night and fight MMA. Really? Hell yeah. <laughs> I, I brought it up. I brought it up to Coker at uh, our meeting not too long ago. What did they say? They just kind of looked at me like, ah, God, it's yeah, fucking, yeah. you can't it's stop same, crazy, huh? It's the same way they looked at me when I said I wanted to fight Rampage and Vanderlei. They were like, ah, yeah, well. Now, what is we'll Vanderlei's deal? Is he back? Like, what's going on with Vanderlei? I don't know. He, I just I just thought it was uh, an opportunity. When Chael beat him, you know, his complaint was that, you know, he just took him down and laid on top of him. It's yeah. just been kind of my complaint for a while. So I figured. But they don't want that fight. No. no. That fight. Why don't they want that fight? Well, I think Vanderlei already had his face surgery done once. I don't think he wants to have it done twice. Oh, yeah. shit. And then, uh, Rampage is my buddy, but he just he just doesn't want that fight. He want, he said he wants an easy fight like Vanderlei. So. Well, there's a lot of history between those two guys, too. Yeah. That makes sense. If you'd yeah. want to, you know. It's a big money fight for him. Yeah. He was a Vanderlei was an interesting story, too, right? When he was fighting over in Pride, and then he came over to the UFC. It just... Completely different human being. Yeah. Yeah. You know? 
just in the Rampage fights when Rampage fought him over in Pride. And then also a lot of miles on him, too. Right. You got to think of both things, you know? Yeah. <laughs> just got me thinking about Felony talking about, uh, you know, fighting him over Felony, uh, who, the, the fighter Crazy formerly horse. known as <laughs> Crazy Horse. Crazy Horse has now changed his name to Felony, ladies and gentlemen. No longer refer to him as Crazy Horse. You ever see that fight backstage? Yeah, I did. that's what you're I talking did. about. Yeah, I've seen it. It's nuts. And they swear, <laughs> swears up and down. Yeah, I beat him up. Uh, I'm like, all right. Choked to sleep. He, right. de he definitely oh, got choked to sleep. That was somebody else, right? That was somebody else. Uh, but didn't he KO? He says he KO'd Vanderlei. He said he sucker punched him. Well, and didn't him. after he got choked out on the video that you see, mm -hmm. he fought later on that night and won by knockout, I think. Yeah. After being fought. choked unconscious yeah. in the back dressing And he said he knocked out Vanderlei. Oh, Vanderlei went. Fight. Yeah. Yes. And see, Vanderlei went. No, no, no. It happened uh -huh. before. He fought in the locker room, and he went out and won. And then he he says he knocked out Vanderlei, punched him, and knocked him out. Right. Vanderlei went out and won a decision. So Vanderlei, right. if he's telling the truth, he KO'd Vanderlei earlier that night. <laughs> so, yeah, so this is good. it. Yeah. Here's the fight. Yeah. This is Vanderlei when, you know. That doesn't even look like the same person. I know his nose it does was not smashed even look in. Like the same person. Yeah. Now he's got like the Mario Brothers. Uh, yeah. Mustache. <clears throat> he attacked this dude and he got caught in a triangle. Very danger. Very danger. Oh, that's it, baby. I forget who it was that did this to him, but it was uh, one of Carlson Gracie's black belts. He's getting it though. Yeah. Yeah. How yeah. big is how big is uh, Yeah, right now you got like it. Here it is. 155 pounds, yeah. maybe. Probably. Yeah, right? he's out cold here. My Yeah, out cold. Oh, they're very nice to him. Right, like they stopped. Look at, him, look at his eyes right? open up. He's like, what? I think, like, uh, you did a, I saw a clip the other day, and you were, the guys asked you, uh, what's the practical use of jujitsu? And you're like, well, in the street, if we got in a fight, I would kill you. That's, like, I think people don't realize that, like, without the ref to, like, stop the fight or, like, though, even those guys, like, they stopped him, like, okay, yeah, let him go. He's already unconscious. Like, that would kill you. Like, yeah. you would be yeah. dead. Yeah. You You're would dead. be dead. If that guy doesn't want to, like, go of you, like, you die. He just holds on until your brain doesn't work anymore. Yeah. And that's a wrap. And that's that. Yeah. It's nuts. That's real. Yeah. Real shit. That's my friend Eric trying to come up with some excuse to not work out. That's why I said, what's the practical use <laughs> well, of jujitsu? If we had a fight, I would kill you. <laughs> what is this, another, you about. this is another crazy horse fight? No, these are two guys in the basketball court. They like, got to a big fight, and then he takes oh, him down really, really quick. He attacked the guy. Oh, yeah, he fucked up, son. Oh, yeah. Oh, he's a, he thinks he's a badass, and he doesn't know how to fight. Oh, look at this. Oh, oh punch in the back of the head. Oh, shit. Oh, look at this. Oh. Look at him. He's still oh, trying to punch him. Hilarious. Oh, yeah, he's taking that leg apart though, right here. Oh, 
<laughs> he's got so him in a heel hook right here. You'll never like, play basketball uh, again, motherfucker. And that's in that position, he's telling the truth. Yeah, right. Uh, All he has to do is yank that fucking thing up clockwise, and that's a wrap. Pop, pop, pop. Ah! That horrible pain of getting heel hooked and not tapping. Uh, Ugh. Not the business. Oh, especially that inside really. heel hook. That is yeah, so nasty when it goes across the body. The, the amount of torque on your knee. This is like no way your knee can hang in there. It just rips apart. Mm. I'm good on knee surgeries. Is that that Paul Harris? Yeah, that Paul guy Harris was doing everybody doing that. that same move. Well, he does. He does outside and inside, but the yeah. inside one is just the outside one. You got a little bit more. There's a little more movement like this. Right. I mean, you got to tap eventually. The one, but the problem totally is when fun. someone's got you in this way across the body, and then they go like that. Man, you got about oh, an inch or two of movement. Right. And just, yeah. it just it's horrible too. It sounds terrible. You can hear the. Everything pulling apart, snapping off the bone, and people screaming. Paul Harris would not let go either. That was his thing. He would just hang on to heel hooks. It sounds oh. so bad. It sounds so bad. I got a guy with a uh, a fucking Kimura. Maybe it was Americana. I'm not sure what the difference is, but uh, it sounds like a this towel. This is an Americana. This is a Kimura. Uh, I think it was this way. And yeah. uh, it sounded like ripping a towel, like, like a terry cloth towel. If you pull it all apart and the fibers start popping, that's what it sounded like. And it, uh, I can still hear it in my head. It sucks. Uh, did he tap? I mean, after. And yeah. I was, he's like, oh, it's, it's cool, it's cool. And I'm like, that's not fucking cool. I didn't right. need to break your fucking arm. You could have just tapped, you dickhead. Yeah, I saw. Now I got to hear this shit in my head all night. All right. I saw a video of a street fight. There's another video where this dude gets a guy in an alma plata, and he's, he's, he's pushing his arm up. You see the guy's arm just give out. Oh, the you street see, fight? I yeah. saw it. I you saw see that? One. Yeah. It was like Mexico <laughs> or something, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Something, Brazil or something. Yeah. Good groundwork, though. Dude yeah. got his nice alma plata in a street fight. It's right. always a plus. Right. <laughs> I mean, the, the street fight game is changing. You know, drastically. People know how to fight. Dude, yeah. people are learning how to Super fight. Super dangerous. Super dangerous. When Take I was a, chance. a kid, it was like on the playground, it was like flying, mm. like karate kid yeah. kicks and <laughs> shit, you know? Now they're going to be like rear naked choking each other and fucking oh, for heel sure. hooking little kids. Little kids grow up watching Bellator and the yeah. UFC and kickboxing. They know what a leg kick is now. They mm. know all that shit. They know how to grab the back of the head. Other kids are yelling, knee, knee, knee. Yeah. Right. They know what to do now. Oh, is this it? Yeah, this is it. Yeah, this is awful. The dude gets, he brings that leg over. That guy, the guy on the top has no understanding of what no to do with clue. his arm. Here it is. Oh, sir, I'm just going to. Here comes, here comes, here comes. Watch this. Get ready. And here comes the noise. It's awful, man. The sound. Oh, oh. there it is. Oh. oh. Look at it just laying fucked oh, up backwards on his oh. arm. Oh. oh, don't move it. Jesus Christ. He's just laying there like. Oh, he must have been drunk, too. Because like, he didn't even pull his arm out. He had no idea what he was doing. Listen. Yeah. Do you guys? You, guys, you don't. You don't know your. Do trouble. you smoke, Daniel? Is that what that is? Cigarettes there? These are empty. It was something else in here. Come uh, on, man. Something else in there. Do you smoke cigarettes? Yes. Yes, I do. How often do you smoke? As soon as I get out of here. As soon as you get out of here. <laughs> as soon as I get out how of many? Here. How many a day? <clears throat> I try to go. Uh, I don't know. Probably about half a bag. Jesus, you're hanging out with this motherfucker. It's 
It's how, okay. This is part of you just got to get it. Yeah, you just got to yeah, take yeah. it. Just go ahead. Get it, Joe. <laughs> well, I'm just looking out for your best get interest, it, man. No, no. Have I'm, you ever uh, tried to switch to vape or anything like that? I, I've done, man, listen, I've done it all. Vape, I've chewed, I've tried to stop gum, everything. I just... I'm a individual. I just I don't you're know. an individual. I'm an individual. <laughs> I'm just one of those weird guys that just does it all. Were you smoking when you were the when you were the current W uh, Bellator champ? Yeah, I was. Both of them. Hold on. I was. Both really? Times. Damn. Both times. Yeah. That's so crazy. I've been smoking since I was like chewing and smoking since I was yeah twelve thirteen. There's a lot of Thai fighters who smoke, right? Yeah. Skarboski I mean, doesn't he? Doesn't he always yeah. smoke? There's that, actually a lot of fire. I mean, I know a lot of fires. I don't want to like. Put it out yeah. there and like put people on blast. But a lot of fighters that you know at a high level in the UFC smoke cigarettes. I know. I used to try to hide it. Like that that used to be my thing, you know, yeah. trying to hide it. Uh, and then you always, oh, I can't believe you're an athlete and you're smoking. And it's like, well, all right, leave me the fuck alone. People hear you talk uh, and they go, man, well, are you an 80 year old blues singer? <laughs> the fuck's going on with your voice, man? <laughs> it's the cigarettes. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. They give you that hard living voice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there is definitely a, a benefit and a level to like not hiding who you are. Like I was just yeah. talking to somebody about that the other day. Like it is nice that I can say that I smoke weed and yeah. be myself yeah. and you know yeah. whatever. So <sighs> shit, especially weed. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's a lot of people that have some dumb ideas about what weed does to you. You know, and it's nice that guys like you are out about it, so you can realize. Like, thank no, you, Joe. Real, it's nice real. guys like you are out there too. Pro athletes, though, but like, I'm a stoner. I'm a comedian. It's like makes sense. But pro athletes, like seeing like that a guy like who takes care of his body, yeah. smokes weed. It's not. Yeah. It's not ruining his career. You know, like the other thing is that people want to think that it's lazy people. Yeah, that's what bothers me most about the con- like the misconception of it is like that you're not a productive person. That you just sit around in the house and high all day. Someday, like on Sunday, I sit around the house high as a motherfucker. Not to do <laughs> sometimes, shit. but every other day I'm working my ass off constantly. You and, earn those you days know, off though, for sure. For sure. For sure. There's a photo in the green room from uh, Ryan Loco. Shout yeah. out to Ryan. Shout out the, to uh, Ryan. You uh, smoking cigarettes. Is that from Last Man Standing? It's in between fights, isn't yeah, it? Uh, yeah, I think it was. Uh, I don't know if it was Last Man Standing or if it was, it was in the locker room in one of the glory fights. I don't know if it was between fights or not. Yeah, there it is. That's uh, up in the green room right now. <laughs> 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 and you're there off it was like uh Jimi Hendrix and, and Elvis, right? We had the same the four pictures yes, behind Yeah, each other. yeah. I got a gang of new ones coming now. I got um Steven Tyler when he was a teenager, got arrested for weed. I got him. I got oh, Conor mug, McGregor. Mugshots. Oh, yeah, I got no. Conor oh, McGregor awesome. mugshot. I got the real Jimi Hendrix mugshot, not the not the photo that we had on before, which was like uh his real mugshot label but the photo was like from one of them Jimi hendrix experience photos we got the real mugshot photo now wow that's dope. Jimi hendrix has some heroin in him trying to go to toronto with that hair on <laughs> <laughs> there it is right there yeah when someone's tried to tell me Jimi hendrix didn't do heroin well tell that to the toronto right. police department when they fucking arrested him for it there's a picture of meme on instagram i saw the other day that was uh bruno mars Fucking uh, Justin Bieber, uh, like two other Brit celebrities, whatever. They were all smiling in their mugshot, and it was like when you know you have bail money. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> <laughs> they just got Vince Vaughn. Yeah, yeah, they just busted uh, him DUI. Ah, uh, sucks. Yeah, drinking and driving is no good. I got bus- I got a DUI when I was twenty. Twenty-two. 
on shrooms. And, June. Uh, shrooms and, and Dude, drunk. They and, tested uh, you? No, the I mean, they, didn't, they didn't get me for the shrooms, but they, <laughs> they fucking got me for the DUI. I would think that maybe the shrooms would help balance out the booze. Yeah, drive I did, the problem was I kept arguing with the guy, and he's like trying to get me to blow on the street, and I'm like, oh yeah, and like nothing happening, like pretending to blow, and then they take me downtown, and I was like in and out of like falling asleep, and they kept like waking up, and they had like the DUI, uh, the breathalyzer machine, it looks look kind of like this or whatever, the actual big machine. And I remember like arguing with him, like, what if if I don't blow? And he's like, then you're gonna get suspended for six months. And I'm like, and what if I blow and it's a D and I and it's bad as a year and he was suspended for a year and I'm like and then I asked him that back and forth like twenty times. I kept falling asleep. I ended up, <laughs> I ended up, I ended up not blowing. Well, but, uh, that would make you want to not blow. Like, exactly. Yeah, that's six why I didn't months blow. versus yeah, that's ridiculous. What do you think? The, I'm fucking stupid. Right. So by the time you go to jail or you go to court anyway, your suspension's almost up. So I ended up, I ended up getting off on that because it was a. Uh, uh, they pulled me over for turning the wrong way on a one-way street, but I just showed that I wasn't. Um, I didn't do any field sobriety tests. I'm not. I, you shouldn't drink and drive. I'm not. I'm trying to back yeah. that. But if you do drink and drive, <laughs> I uh, I didn't do the field sobriety test, so they didn't have any probable cause that I was actually drunk. And mm. then when he didn't blow, and uh, they said, "Well, he was driving the wrong way on a one-way street," and I was like, well, "I've never been to that area before." So, side note: technicality. Don't blow. Don't blow. <clears throat> yeah. Hmm. Never had a DUI. Good for you. Never. Good. You're driving a no. fucking motorcycle, man. You better be sober. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well. Plus, you're smoking cigarettes, not paying attention to what you're doing. Plus, I mean, with Uber and Lyft and all this shit now, yeah. like, it's kind of it's pretty irresponsible to get a fucking DUI. I bet yeah. it's dropped down significantly because of Uber For and sure. Lyft. I really bet it has. For sure. I think so. Listen, gotta, boys, let's wrap this bitch up. Thanks yep. for bringing me all this stuff. Daniel, much no worries, love buddy. and... I appreciate you for having me, man. Hey, my pleasure, dude. Thank and you. best of luck in your recovery. It's Thank a great you. story. I love hearing it. And uh, just all the best, man. Thank you. Joe Schilling, you know, you're my Joe, man. appreciate it, buddy. And uh, Daniel Strauss on Twitter and on Instagram. Yeah. Joe, Joe Schilling. underscore Schilling. And, my, you know, I had this fucking plan. I was just going to keep saying my... Uh, my Instagram password throughout the whole show. <laughs> and I fucking forgot. So Joe underscore shilling on Instagram. There you go. Holler at your boy. Holler at yep. your boy. Thanks, Joe. I appreciate it. Thank you.